When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. A high pop-up. He's going to do it. At shortstop, Jeter. Jeter on the outfield grass. Makes the catch. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. And Doc Gooden pitches a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio, 1019 FM, The Fan, WFAN. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this Sunday, fun day afternoon, New York sports fans. My name is Danielle McCartney. Danielle, in the daytime, as I look outside and see the sun shining outside the windows here. Uh, I'll be talking all things New York sports right until 3 p.m. here in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now throughout the next couple of hours, whether that be on your car radio, on the AM signal, the FM signal, streaming from WFN.com, or on our free Odyssey app. And, of course, we're here in the Big Apple. And Holly Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. So go ahead and start dialing. You know the number, 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Taking your calls right here in this first segment. Get aboard! And as we sit here again on this Sunday, fun day, beautiful day outside, we are just about a little forty eight hours away from Major League Baseball's trade deadline. It's on Tuesday. By the way, this year it's at six p.m. In years past, it's been at four p.m. But uh, they've actually given teams two more hours this year to do some wheeling and dealing, just so you know. So the deadline is actually Tuesday, 6, or I guess 5.59 and 59 seconds p.m. on Tuesday. And you know, this season's trade deadline strategy for both the Mets and the Yankees was and is, you know, definitely not as cut and dry as last year's was. And and I actually look back at my notes from last year just to curiously take a look. Um, this year, Shohei Otani is not available. Juan Soto is not expected to be on the move either. So, so like these are things that we talked about just last week, and that has changed over the past couple of days. So, what are or were the right moves for our beloved New York baseball teams? Well, the Mets didn't even give us a chance to ponder what they could have done to improve their team with days to go. And I was just talking with with, uh, with Rosenberg and with Big Zoo behind the glass on the other side over there just before. And we got into this very heated discussion for like 15 minutes about the next path that the Mets should take. And we all had different ideas of where they were and where they will be going, essentially. But with days to go, Steve Cohen climbed up ladders to replace every single flag on the property at 41 Seaver Way in Queens with big old embarrassing white failure flags. The 2023 Mets, constructed by Billy and Epler, managed by Buck Showalter, are now officially the most expensive failure of a baseball team ever in the history of the sport. How does that feel? How does that reality feel? And as I've been maintaining all along, I thought the Mets and the Yankees would both be buyers at the deadline. Not that war is everything, but actually, they're starting pitching. No, just in general, their general war. Yankees are fifth in the league, and the Mets are eighth in the league, according to Fangraph. So that means they both have or had potential. 
And I actually do not see the Yankees making like this big, this big move moving forward. I just don't. I don't think there's going to be a big impact move between now and the deadline. We could talk about that. I've got uh, options and ideas for that as well. But the Mets, they obviously, um, they don't have any more options. Not now. And here's the thing. Uh, in, uh, options to improve, I should say. And, and here's the thing. Especially in Mets camp. I, I know. I know. I am in the minority here. I totally understand it. And I embrace it. And I don't do it to be contrarian. But up and through to the, the David Robertson move, the Mets actually had the pieces in place to try to make a run this season. It is mostly the same roster this year as it was last year's 100-win team. What's different? The bullpen. The bullpen is vastly different this season as compared to last. There was a mass exodus of Mets relief pitchers from last year to this year. and In my opinion... The Mets should have put the pedal to the metal this season. And, and how do you do that? You overhaul the entire bullpen. And it's not that hard to do at the deadline compared to other positions. I mean, the Braves overhauled their entire starting outfield that one year. And, and how'd that work out for them? I mean, how bad are this season's Mets relievers? Well, they've got over a four ERA. They're, they're strikeouts per nine innings. They're 20th in the league. They gave up the second highest home runs per nine. Their fielding independent pitching number is off the charts, awful, third worst in the league. Actually, I think it was tied for second worst in the league. And you put it all together, you mix it all together, the Mets bullpen had a negative .4 war, according to fan graphs. So improve upon it a little bit, a little bit, and you never know what can happen. Plus... Everyone knows a new regime is coming in anyway. So why not let those people restructure your farm system how they want to? Why give the keys to the Mets' future to Billy Inepler? Plus, the Mets have head-to-head games after the trade deadline against five teams in front of them in the wildcard standings as we sit right now. They've got three against the Chicago. they got four against Arizona. Three against Cincinnati, six against Miami, including the penultimate series of the season, and seven against Philadelphia, including the third to last and the last series of the season. That makes, added up, 23 head-to-head games left. That's still a lot of baseball left to play for my liking, especially with the revamped bullpen. But apparently, not for Inepler's liking, Wave those white flags loud and proud, Billy. You orchestrated the most expensive catastrophe in the history of the sport. And guess what? You know what's really bad? There is no confidence from the current players on this roster about the future direction of this organization. Max Scherzer wanted to talk with the front office after the Robertson trade. Well, call him a Ken and call me a Karen. I, too, would want to talk to the manager in charge. The Mets, unfortunately, have ineptitude running their show. Make no mistake about it. Once Max Scherzer walked into that meeting and was told the Mets are are planning to be sellers, are going to be sellers, he definitely wanted out. And I can't blame him. There was no way he didn't request to be traded at that point. He was promised a championship window when he signed here. He was supposed to be one of the crown jewels of a World Series crown. I mean, he... He only lost nine games as a pitcher here. His, his tenure here, I think he was 22-9. and nine. Out of the blue, it seemed, based on inference. I can, uh, that's my inference. The team yanked the rug out from under him, did a 180 on their, their strategy, and became sellers. There is no doubt in my mind that Scherzer demanded to be traded at that point. Guess what? 
again, I can't blame him. He loved it here. He, he bought real estate in this area, according to Pete Alonso after last night's game. And Alonzo also said, quote, it was strange the way it unfolded the way it did. Hmm. If that doesn't scream, I don't know, non-confidence in the front office, I don't know what does. Alonzo also said, I'm shocked to lose Max. Very surprised. Perplexed. He's a great teammate. And, you know, Pete Alonzo wasn't alone. Jim Duquette used the word stunned. Brandon Nimmo said after the game last night, he said, yeah, I mean, I think shocked is good. He was a great teammate and a great leader. I will miss him. Lindor also said he was such a good teammate that you're definitely going to miss him. He's a great competitor. I learned a lot from him. He was a teacher here. He taught a lot of guys a lot of stuff. And Max Scherzer, don't forget, was on Major League Baseball Players Association collective bargaining agreement uh, team. No agreement. Collective bargaining team. I mean, don't call me up today and tell me and and waste your time and my time to tell me that Max Scherzer was not a leader. There's enough evidence right there. I mean, he was on the collective bargaining team for crying out loud. I mean, I've already seen some of that in my my mentions on, on Twitter, and I'm not having it. I will not have that conversation. Case closed. Don't do it. It's going to end pretty poorly for you. So now, look at it, zoom out a little bit. You got Billy and Epler having a line of core veterans that have already talked to him, Scherzer and Lindor. And maybe you don't want to consider Scherzer part of the core. Fine, Lindor definitely is. And Lindor already talked to him after he got after he traded Robertson. And you've got some other guys who have it on their agendas to still want to talk to him. Alonzo and McNeil said they do about the future and the direction of this team. That is not a good thing. That's a terrible sign when your team's stars have already or have it on their agendas to question you and your decision-making. I don't know how else to put it. And, and, and punt to next year, you say, right? Well, in every press conference, the Mets talk about sustained winning. Like, LOL, really. I mean, Justin Verlander will be next. If not, like, today, I'm being facetious there. But Justin Verlander will be next to ask his release from this dumpster, dumpster fire, too. And why should he stick around? He, too, signed up for something that this team hasn't lived up to. He's going to be 41 when spring training starts next season. And with that understanding, okay, that that Verlander is most likely next, look at next year's 2024 Mets starting pitching rotation. Number one, Kodai Senga. (sighs) Number two, Jose Quintana. (sighs) The crowd goes wild. David Peterson, followed by Tyler McGill and Joey Lucchese to round out the top five. Oh, by the way, Carlos Carrasco, who has not made it beyond two and a third innings for two consecutive starts, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Talk about a cookie in a million pieces. I mean, that rotation for 2024, as it stands right now, couldn't win a series against a college baseball team. Sustained winning, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And have you seen next season's crop of free agent starting pitchers? Step right up. Take your pick. Oh, and I think you can count out Shohei Otani. He has said repeatedly that he wants to go to a winner. And unfortunately for an Epler and mostly Mets fans everywhere, he doesn't know how to construct a winning team. So step right up. Take your pick of next year's free agent starting pitchers. Uh, You got Clayton Kershaw. You got Adam Wainwright. Noah Syndergaard. Thor. You can uh, rewear your T-shirt, I guess, if you still have that one. Zach Granke, Alex Wood. How about a re-signing of Carlos Carrasco? And there's two and a third innings pitch. I mean, very appetizing cookie there. Uh, uh, Frankie Montas, Rich Hill. I mean, come on. These are free agent pitchers next year. Look at the list. Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, 
the only long shot hopes. And maybe you package the little, little guys that you got, the minor leaguers that you got, maybe you package them for somebody. Who knows? I don't know. But right now, the state of the Mets is just not good. It's just not good. And no one likes to talk about the the absence of a pitching analytics department for the New York Mets. I mean, you've got guys that are trainers in the uh, in the offseason that have more advanced pitching technology than the New York Mets. So to blame it all on age, on, on, to pinpoint the two of them and blame it on age, uh, maybe. But let's dig a little bit deeper. That's the lazy way. Let's dig a little bit deeper and talk about how the Mets – you know, they, they can't develop any pitchers. Their bullpen is awful. And you've seen two regressions from two major pitching stars. Why is that? Maybe it has something to do with the fact that they don't they don't have what, what is known around baseball as a pitching lab that is sufficient enough to withstand it all. Let's throw that into the equation as well. 877-337-6666. We have full phone lines. If you cannot get through... You could tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, or is it called X now? You can X me, right? Is that a verb? No, I, I, I don't know. The thing changed on my phone. I don't even know. Anyway, or you could do uh, Instagram at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N or Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And uh, we will go in the order that you called. We go to Philip in Jamaica, Queens. Philip, you're up on the fan leading us off today. Hello, thank you uh, for taking my call. So, again, I'm the leadoff hitter. That's a lot it. of pressure. You're good. <laughs> Okay, I have two points to make with the Mets. Okay, I have no problem in trading, you know, Scherzer and Robinson. But here's my problem. If you're going to trade, in my opinion, you need to get a thing of need, which is pitching. Mm. What are they getting? They get it from the Marlins. They got a catcher. Mm -hmm. uh, When they've got Alvarez, by the way. Go ahead. And and Parada. Kevin Parada also. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you got a, a, a second baseman shortstop, and you got Lindor shortstop. Yeah, for the next then 10 years you, or whatever, yep. Yeah, exactly. And then and then what do you do in the um, Scherzer trade? You get an outfielder mm-hmm. who possibly – Kuda's brother, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But – That's great. Great, great last Ball, name. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to make a trade, in my opinion, get the prospect, but get a need instead of – Getting the best position possible. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and my I, second I point. Yes, I agree with you. And my this is a bigger point. I'm thinking of it from Peter Lawson's point of view. Mm-hmm. He's due to sign a new contract. Yep. He probably wants to win it. Do you think this would affect Peter Lawson's signing with the Mets, or do you think, well, you know what, I'm a Met for a lifetime. I'm going to stick with the Mets, or does this affect Peter Lawson's signing with the Mets? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. He and thanks for the call there, Philip. That's a great that's a great question now because Pete Alonso has excuse me he has one more uh, year of uh, you know arbitration left on his deal and then in 2025 to start that season he's an unrestricted free agent. So what do you do if you're Pete Alonso? Well, you you already know that, that he's got question marks with the front office of the Mets. So if you're Pete Alonso, you're going into that conversation which you will ultimately have. He said maybe in the off season, maybe maybe sooner. But but definitely by the you know in the off season you go into that conversation and you want to know what is the long term you know part of this team what is it explain it to me in detail how do all these pieces work together what is going to be your role Billy and Epler moving forward is Buck going to be part of it there are so many question marks that he needs to have answered so does it affect whether or not he wants to return um, next year's team doesn't look too good either on paper right now. 
So, yeah, I would cast some doubt in that as well. It's a great point. If I'm Pete Alonso, I'm not sure I want to be a Met for life at this point. I'm not sure. 877-337-6666. We go to Todd in New Windsor, New York. What's up there, Todd? Hey, Daniel. How are you, dear? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm the number two guy after That's the Leo Peters. That's, That's not it. so bad either. <laughs> Danielle, talking about this uh, Mets team, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I've been a Mets fan for 50 years. And, you know, with Scherzer gone, I know he did he had a pretty good record, but the problem is he didn't come through when it mattered most against the Braves and, of course, the Padres and the Red Sox. He kind of, like, spit the bit, as Steinberg used to call Ken Clay. The point is, though, um, and it looks like Berlin is going to be on the way out as well. I mean, Steve Cohen... He took a chance. It didn't pay off in the end. And now with this pitching situation, they really need to get some pitching. Because there's no pitching down the line. And you weren't around from 1977 to 1983, the, the worst seven years in the history of the, the Mets franchise when, when M. Donald Grant and Lorinda D. ran it, when Craig Swan was your ace on teams that were losing 95 to 100 games every year. Joe Torrey was managing at the time. The thing is, I'm just hoping, you know, Steve Cohen's the billionaire. I'm just hoping that we don't have this repeat performance again for seven years because I it's scaring me to death. I don't know what you're going to say about that, Daniel, but I'll hang up and listen. And thanks a lot for the call. Take care. Yeah, thanks, Todd. I mean, major question marks moving forward. Just total major question marks. I mean, really. I mean, they can't develop pitching because they don't have the resources to do it, in my opinion. They don't have the track man and reposado. Or, I know that's a tequila, right? I forget the, how to pronounce it, but they don't, they don't have those technologies in place on a day-to-day basis. That's my understanding. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding that, that maybe that's part of the reason why they can't ever develop pitching. They're, 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 they're just starting to get a, try to get ahead of it right now. They're just starting to do that. But if you're Scherzer and Verlander, don't you ask those questions before you sign on the dotted line? I know I would have. And of course, we're also, uh, on Dalvin Cook watch, uh, it's pretty much to me a done deal. Uh, he is on the sidelines, like as like uh, two hours ago, on the sidelines of Jets practice, watching practice. He's got a big old smile on his face. Dalvin Cook meeting with the coaching, shaking hands with coaches. This is looks to me, based on these pictures, uh, you know, posted to, to Twitter uh, from practice earlier today. Or uh, to me, it looks like a done deal. Talk about super teams, New York Jets. Or a super team going in. Maybe if you're a Met fan, maybe you want to start looking into the more positive New York Jets season coming up. 877-337-6666. My name is Daniel McCartan. Hanging with you until 3 right here on The Fan. When this happened, you talk about it on The Fan. David Wells has pissed up perfect game. 27 up, 27 down. Baseball immortality for David Wells. And the Yankees win. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Here we go again. Welcome back to The Fan. Mets Nation, sellers at the deadline. Here we go again. You know, Billy and Epler traded away the Mets' best reliever days before the trade deadline. Signal to the entire league that move did. That they're like, hey, 
were open for sale. Dave Robertson would not have been the first piece that I moved if it were me. I mean, A, you mean to tell me that Robertson wasn't going to be in demand like, I don't know, today, tomorrow, you know, Tuesday day. I mean, you couldn't have engineered a bidding war for him. That's A. And B, what are the other guys worth now? Fam, Canna, not as much. I don't think I would have shopped those guys before I shopped my best reliever, but that's just me, I guess. And, and then on top of it, to make Steve Cohen send $35.5 million to Texas in the Scherzer deal, I don't care how much money he has. It hurts the bottom line. 877-337-6666. Again, in the order that you call, we go to Josh up in the Bronx. What's up, Danielle, Josh? I'm telling you. That was, this has been quite a week in the baseball world. I know. Okay, it is one of those. Look, I don't have to tell you or the fans or the callers anything. You people know what's going on, so we'll just let it be. We're just going to let the year play out. We've got the football, the basketball, and the hockey. Yep. Thank you for taking my call. You know everything where it's at. Thank you. Yeah, Josh, thanks. Enjoy. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, maybe it's time to flip the page. To football season. No, not maybe. It is time. The Mets are sellers. They look at look at City Field. They got white flags up all over the place. Steve Cohen put them there himself. Embarrassing white failure flags all over the place over there in Queens. It's football season. Maybe we'll get some Dalvin Cook breaking news on the show. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. 877-337-6666. Jonah in Port Washington is up next here on line one. Go ahead. Hey Danielle, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so I'm a big Yankees fan. Uh, quick question about the whole Cashman thing. Mm-hmm. Just a, a theoretical here. Let's say he inherited his GM position after 2009 and continued to have the sustained playoff success he did. So without that World Series, do you think he still would be the GM today? So starting in 2010, uh, uh... Yes, I, I think he would be because I think I just think that the Steinbrenners are so in love with Cashman that they can't seem to to break it off ever, ever. I, should, yeah. he, should he should he have been? My answer would be no. But the question was, would he have been? I think the answer is yes. You, you, so you even even let's let's forget the name Yankees, a GM who continued to make the playoffs for fifteen plus years. Hard to hard to fire him, even if he. Didn't really make that the World Series, but continued to make ALCSs year after year. Well, if your goal is is making the playoffs, then fine. But if your goal is to win the World Series, it's not fine. I mean, that's simple as that. Yep, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, thanks, Jonah. Uh, I mean, that's that's it. If you want to make the playoffs every year, great. That's great. That's it. That you've hit your goal every year. If that's if that's what it is, I'm a competitor. My goal is to win it every year. So no. We go to Shirley, New York. Ray is up on the fan. Danielle, it's Ray from JetCast. How's it going? Oh, what's going on there, Ray? How are you? I am here to tell you why you are so wrong when it comes to this to this uh, Scherzer stuff. I'm just going to – I understand the frustration with Met fans. As somebody who goes to a ton of games, I'm just as frustrated as the next person. But let me tell you something. Acuna is an MLB.com top 50 prospect. prospect. Instantly becomes our number one prospect in our organization. Mm. We're not winning anything this year. If you go and look at his stats at double A, oh, he's projected to be up here. Sometime, I, I understand, but he's projected to be up here by next year. That's and correct. if you look at the pitching 
If we look at the pitching market, next year this move saves about 30-plus million, a little over $30 million in Steve Cohen's pocket. He can use that money. You have pitchers like Blake Snell, like Hector Urias, like Otani. This, there is a strong pitching market in the free agency this offseason where it's not like you're going in where are saying we can't, we can't uh, replicate and purchase pitchers in the open market. Also, you have a guy like Yamamoto, who we know Billy Epler has already been in Japan and been scouting him, the 24-year-old phenom, you know, the next pitcher to come over from You're Japan. You're very, very, it's not very like optimistic. Market. You are very and optimistic. At the, and at the end of the day, we all know one thing. 95% of the players go to the team that pays them the most. That's why Verlander came here. It's why Scherzer came here. It's why... Alonzo's eventually going to say it's a potential why Soto may come in the future. Whoever pays them the most money, that's where they're going. It's well, how about this? When, when, when Verlander was offered money from the Dodgers and the Astros and the Astros were not willing to match the Mets offer, wasn't that a red flag? Shouldn't that, I didn't know that at the time. Shouldn't that have been a red flag? I understand, and I think so, that so, I think so. Right, right. You're telling me that you fan. really have un, you know, whatever that expression is, trust in Billy in Epler. Absolutely not. You, okay. I, absolutely not. I think absolutely David not. Stearns is going to. David Stearns is eventually going to be in here, being president of baseball operations. I wouldn't be surprised if Cohen's actually talking to him on the side. He's technically a free agent. Technically, he it's not really forward. allowed. Technically, but uh, okay. So, so Billy. Right, so you're so you're allowing works. Billy and Epler to to trade away assets here and try to build up a farm system, and he's going to be out of the equation next year. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of I sense to me. He's still going to be GM. He's still going to be GM. Which is awful. Which is an awful look for the Mets. Which is awful. Bro, I totally agree with you. I'm not okay. a fan of Billy Epler, but okay. I got, I, I'm one of those guys who absolutely kills him all the time. But when he makes a decent move, I got to give him props. And the, I think listen, the, the Acuna move, that, it, it, on paper, his scouting report is pretty good. But, like, he's a prospect. And thanks for the call there, Ray. He's a prospect, right? At the end of the day, as Paul Rosenberg and I can agree upon, what did you say before? You could put three names in a hat and, and pick one of them out. How did you put it before? Yeah, if you're like trying to figure out what prospects, you can just put all prospects in a paper, in a hat, or in a jar, pick three names out, and any one of them can turn out to be Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, or Last Things Millage. Pros- nobody knows about prospects. Right. Proof is Alvar- Francisco Alvarez was ranked 20th in the Mets system two years ago. Ellie De La Cruz wasn't even ranked in At the all. top 30 At two all. years ago. Nobody knows anything. So when people bitch and complain about the Robertson return, which is ridiculous, and then they bitch and complain about Luis Angel Acuna, who never, who no one even heard of before yesterday. Let's be fair. If you, yeah. I've never heard of that guy, I mean, and I don't care if I say that or not. I, I'm an honest guy. I've never heard of that guy in my entire life. The scouting report seems reads nice. The scouting report seems nice. That's okay. Yeah. All right. The Mets have no farm system. Replenish it. Get everyone you can, which is what Billy Epler is doing. I have no idea if any of these guys will turn out to be anything. But all you can do is hope that these scouting reports and these people who are like meteorologists, if they're wrong, they still have jobs. I have no idea how. <laughs> like, I have no, I have That's no idea how. That's a great job, by the way. I think I want to have one of those jobs, meteorologist. Oh, I, I mean, listen, you're, you're, you're talking to the weather guy here. That's so right. I, I, I'll gladly, that is right. I would love to be a meteorologist. But, I, but in terms of like this, like, no one knows Right. It's so shoot. tough figuring out right. baseball prospects. Right. That's tough. And, and and you want prospects? Talk about this. You want prospects? How about you've got a manager that sits in that dugout every single day in his jacket that won't put 
young players into games. Vientos getting yanked back and forth. Where is Mauricio at this point? What about Alvarez? Francisco Alvarez, uh, we've said it before, the only reason why Francisco Alvarez was called up this season was because Narvaez got injured early on in the season. That's why. Otherwise, there's no doubt in my mind Alvarez would be raking at the minor league level. So you're collecting prospects, you know, like for what? Because they're pretty much never going to play if this is the manager in charge. And yes, Luis Angel Acuna due in 2024 to the big leagues, according to MLB Pipeline. That is from MLB.com. But I'm going to say 2024 for that guy, no chance with Buck Showalter managing this team. 877-337-6666. Joe in Brooklyn, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, how you doing, Daniel? I'm good. How are you? Oh, not bad. Um, I'm a, what's called, I've listened to your show a few times. I think you said you were a baseball coach, correct? Or you are currently, right? I coach softball. I used to play baseball, yes. Oh, okay. Very nice. No, no. So I, I just have a bone to pick with you. Then why are you worried about Max Scherzer's record with the Mets? Well, people say he's, he's an utter disaster. He was 20 and 9. He had a 3 ERA. I mean, yeah, but I mean, this year he's been awful. And against better competition, he's been particularly awful. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I liked Max Scherzer a lot when the Mets got him, but I mean, this isn't prime Max Scherzer anymore. Well, how about, how about the fact that the Mets don't have a, a pitching lab where he could go to work? I mean, maybe that's part of the problem here. His, his stuff isn't the same anymore. I mean, he, he can go between the quick clock Joe, we're going to see. Age. We're going to see what happens when he gets to Texas, and that's the only way we can make a determination here. That's it. I look. God bless him in Texas. I hope I hope he wins. But the reality is, is that his stuff is not the same as it was when it was with the Nationals. I mean, you know, this is a guy who got killed against the Padres, killed against the Braves. Every time the Mets played a good team this year, he would get his butt kicked. I mean, I love Max Scherzer, but he's not. That vintage Max Scherzer is is gone. And we, and we can agree on that. But it doesn't mean he's not serviceable. When when you're when you're a pitcher, right, and you feel like you have to get to the seventh inning because your bullpen's going to cough it up, you know immediately, I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure for a guy to go out there every day instead of saying, hey, I did the best I could. Let me hand it over to the bullpen and see what they could do. It's, no, it's, a right. lo- it's an L every time for this Mets bullpen. Yeah. Well, but- that's, that's the biggest problem with, with this team was the fact that they're just they're pitching this awful all season. And the fact of the matter is, you know, it started with the Diaz injury and it just worked its way down. I mean, you know, once these guys got slotted into spots that they couldn't really handle, it, it was basically Robinson and Raley and that's it. So, right. I mean, yeah, and out of Yeah, yeah, and out of and, and you can't and keep using those three guys every night. Trade him, I would love that. Say it again. If the, if the Mets could trade him, I would, I would move him too because he's another thirty-eight-year-old reliever. Well, that's but another it. problem with the team is age. They're yep. just too old in certain spots. Yep, and, and and I and thanks for the call there, Joe. And I also, uh, especially age of pitchers, I I I, I asked Verlander this, in, not in this way, but basically like being in such an older, established pitcher, you know. Is there a struggle with the pitch clock? And he he said, uh, you know, not so much late into innings. He told me, but he said like if there's a quick turnaround inning, like like he's sitting in the dugout and the Mets go down one two three, which happens often. You know, the quick turnaround to get right back on the mound is a little taxing. Which so yeah, so maybe you know, maybe B- Billy and Epler missed the boat on that too. You got to get younger with these new rules and faster on the base paths, like the Reds, like the Orioles. I don't know. But, yes, Max Scherzer is not what he was. We'll see what he can be when he's pitching in the postseason for the Rangers, and the Mets have paid him $35.5 million to go ahead and do that. We'll see. We'll see what happens when he gets to Texas.
But I tell you right now, the Mets don't have a, a pitching laboratory. Or or a, it's a rudimentary one at, at very best. Maybe that's why all these guys are pitching so horribly. Because they're behind the rest of the league. In in, in diagnostics, even. And, and, in, and in mechanics and metrics and all of these things. Maybe that's the problem. You got trainers where these guys go in the offseason. They have better technology in the Mets, how they have their pitching situation right now. Facts. Facts. 877-337-6666. Uh, yeah, I'm Daniel McCartan, and I got what the trade deadline strategy should have been for the New York Mets next, right here on The Fan. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. It's not going to be the Mets. The Mets are waving the white flag. They are not going to be running this baseball town moving forward for 2023. And I got questions about 2024, but we could talk about that as well. Um, You know, the Mets at the time of the Robertson trade, uh, they were just six and a half games back of the final wildcard spot with 23 games still on the schedule against teams that were in front of them. And call me foolish. Fine, I'll wear it. But call me foolish. I still believe they could have and should have rode this one out. And and here's what I did just yesterday afternoon. And and why couldn't Billy Inepler do the same thing? So first, I looked at the Fangraph's war calculators to uh, kind of just identify which areas of the Mets lag behind others. Their highest achieving areas were, this is all according to Fangraph's, starting pitching, they had the sixth highest war in Major League Baseball, shortstop, second highest war in all baseball, and center fielder or tied for second, best war in all baseball. And these are all tops in terms of premium positions. Starting pitching, shortstop, center field. The Mets' lowest achieving areas in this order were designated hitter. And actually, it was kind of like surprisingly mid-pack there. I was kind of surprised, actually. Um, But that's not any one particular player. It's just the position. And relief pitching. And the relief pitching was so bad that it was tied for second worst in the league. So then I formulated a strategy and I said, okay, yeah, maybe you target a bat, maybe. But you definitely need to shore up the bullpen. And from there, I then combed through the the divisional standings, the wild card standing. And I was like, all right, which teams might be obvious sellers? And then I kind of dove into the depth charts of the bottom of the barrel teams and the potential seller teams. And, you know, obviously keeping the Mets and the Yankees in mind as I did this. And here's what I found. When I looked at six different pitching metrics, some advanced, I looked at contract statuses, I looked at postseason experience, and it ended up being, I think, 11, was it 11 or 12 different relief pitchers. I found that at least five relief pitchers that would make an immediate impact on the Mets bullpen this season. That was just so overly reliant on just two men, Adovino and Robertson. Like, before you dealt your best relief pitcher days Days. I got a problem with that, the, the time frame. Days before the deadline. Why not call up the, the the Pirates? Make a deal for David Bednar. You're not playing Vientos anyway. Bednar, I love, that guy's a stud. Jordan Hicks in St. Louis. What's his package going to be like? Come on. I mean, come on. There were options. Jordan Hicks, Lance Lynn went to the Dodgers, and, you know, Kendall Graveman went back to Houston. But Bednar, I love I love Carlos Hernandez in Kansas City. Josh Hader, obviously. Even call up the Red Sox. See what Kenley Jansen's up to. All these guys. 
you had Scott Barlow also in, in, in the Royals and Justin Lawrence. I mean, these guys, I would have stayed away from Kenny Middleton in, in Chicago. I would have stayed away from Chase and Shreve. But, but the Mets had options. And if, if they improved a little bit in the bullpen, just a little bit, what could have been in the 23 games that they had on their schedule still against teams that were directly in front of them? But the, the white flag has been raised. Now it's now to that. You can't go halfway. You start the fire sale. You've already started the fire sale. It needs to continue. Verlander is next. 877-337-6666. Anthony in Staten Island's up next here on The Fan. Hi, how you doing? What's um, going on, Anthony? I've been a Mets fan longer than all you guys. I mean, I have to disagree so that with you. Yeah, this, that team, this team wasn't winning, all right? I'm glad they got rid of these guys, and I wouldn't have gutted my farm system to go pick up Ellie Jansen from Boston to make a run, you're not going to win. But no one said they was going to gut what the you farm guys system. Have that, what you guys have that you that you never had. In the 70s, when they stunk, every year there was no hope they were going to get better next year. This owner, I'm sure it was him, he's, he's going to gut it and he's going to redo it and he has the money to do it. What was that? He should be happy. We have a hope. They're going to come back next year probably even better. They are? Did you see the rotation yeah. for next year? Did you see that right now? Yeah, you, you can when you got money and you got a good farm system. I won't get up my farm system mm. to make a run at something you're not going to win. You got money. Did, didn't, that, didn't they try that and it didn't work? The money part didn't work. Yeah, but two guys that were 39 and 40 years old, oh. which I wouldn't have gave that much money to. Oh, you wouldn't have either. Now now you wouldn't have, but you were happy when they got no, here, I weren't you? No, I wouldn't. You were happy when they got here, weren't you? Were you happy when they got here? Come on. I didn't like it when they did oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, revisionist history. That's fine. You're allowed. $80 million dollars you're going to give a guy 40 years and they're paying old. him 35 and pitching. they're paying him 35 and a half million dollars to go win in Texas now that's a joke that's right and they got a Acuna's brother who's going to be the starting second base oh. and that's where he's going to play really when right? when yeah. it's obvious you don't know what the hell you're talking about so you go back to like a knitting station or something. tell me go tell me when Acuna's going to be the starting what second baseman cramp station because you're tell me now. there where? You know what you're talking what about. station Paul what did he say what station he just hung up I didn't do it my, look at my hands they're still folded he did that what station should I go on? <laughs> when is Acuna going to be the second baseman? Not with Buck Showalter as manager. I'll tell you that I much. Think, what I, station? I think it needs to say, I think it get to a craft station. Craft station. Why uh, is that? Crafts, maybe? I can't. Cut the clown. That was a clown. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was. Come on. When, uh, when uh, is Acuna going to be? You, Paul, when's Acuna going to be the starting second baseman of the New York Mets? Tell me. I wouldn't might even. Might never. I, I wouldn't even never. put a. I wouldn't even put a, put a number on it. Or a year <laughs> I know. On it. I know. That was going. That was going like okay until he went like you know off the deep end. Right, right. Because this agreement is fine. Because we disagreed. Like the three of us, me, you, and Zoo disagreed. We all had different opinions. All three of us had different opinions on where to go and what to do. This agreement is fine. Just keep it somewhat like human. And then he he hung up. I didn't do it. You watched my hands. People on Twitter accused me of hanging up on people. I never do it. They do it to themselves. We go to Pete in Union Beach. Pete, what's up? Can you hear me, Danielle? Can you hear me? Yes, I got you. All right, I just want to make sure I'm not missing with uh, stuff going through the car. So we have a few. Uh, we have a few bones to pick. You actually just answered one of them. I appreciate that. That was insightful Which with one the relief was that? pitching thing. Um, because I kind of agree with you. I thought they should have waited a few days yes. and maybe pick up a reliever or two. Maybe. Yes. Exactly, to, uh, and, and, and to trade Robertson so early. I mean, people, if that was the move you were going to make all along, then why not wait and, and induce a bidding war? Because Robertson's a good reliever right now. I don't understand that. Why move yeah. him so soon? I agree, but there's a couple things I want to go over. Number one, you said Mets pitching lab. Didn't they just create one under Cohen? 
They, no, they were in the process of build in the process of building one. So where is it? It's just not ready yet. Uh, who knows? It's it's being built is what it is. That's the best I got for you. All right, so being you, built. You got to give that time. All right. Obviously, this is he even said so recently about the farm system and things that they need to put in place. So you got to give that a little time. And I know it's New York. They don't have the. They don't have that. That's number one. But the one thing that bothered me was, and a fan called up and said, why are we getting shortstops? Why are we getting this? You're a coach, right? What what position do your best players play? A shortstop. I was a short. I still am a shortstop. There you go. They play center field, shortstop, and catcher, mm-hmm. because then you can move them to other positions. You can't take a second baseman and make him a shortstop if he can't. Well, but here's the thing. The Mets can't think? even handle that correctly because they told Ron, uh, Ronnie Mauricio on June 3rd that he should become a left fielder. The Mets can't even handle that right. That well, should have been the, done in the offseason. He's not a good fielder. If you look at his stats, no, no. you can look it up. Okay, but I'm, but I'm saying errors. fine. But but maybe that's maybe that's a, a, a byproduct of being moved around so much in the field. If you want him to become a left fielder, you make that decision in in, in February, you tell him. In, the, in November, the year before, you tell him to start working out in the outfield. You don't tell him on June 3rd. They can't even handle that right. I just think it's a little, you know, you got to give the minor league thing time. They just drafted like a gazillion pitchers. And by all, by all articles I've read, they're very young, but so far the early returns on these young pitchers have been good, but there's a huge gap between where their minor league system is good and where their major league team is right now. Prospects. Hopefully they work out. Right, Pete? I mean, that's, that's all you got, but I mean, having a lot of money doesn't hurt either. Yeah, well, that didn't work. No, they swung and missed. Swung and missed. That's right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the phone call. Swung and missed. That's it. It's just, it's just back to hoping. You're just hoping. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The ball game is over, and Shea Stadium will close its doors for the final time this afternoon. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. That is Paul Rosenberg behind the glass. And, uh... There was a tweet that he brought my attention to. I'm trying to find it real quick again. Uh, yeah, Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network tweeted, Aaron Rodgers just went in on Sean Payton in a sit-down with Peter Schrager on uh, ES- uh, sorry, NFL+. Plus. It ended with Rodgers saying, Payton needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, man. He deserved it. That guy deserved it, man. Look at look at Aaron Rodgers. By the way, I, I'm trying to find it on the break. I put a bet in. I can't find it. Put a bet in for uh, Robert Sala, Coach of the Year. Just a you know, just a you know kind of bet. An Aaron Rodgers led kind of bet. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. And I know I teased this the other day on my social media channels, but uh, right from here today, I am going to be jumping in the car. Maybe Uber. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm gonna uh, I'm going to a a one on one interview with a major current professional 
New York athlete. And that's all you're getting. No more clues. I mean, I'm not a good, like, when there's something exciting like this, I can't really keep secrets like this. Not that it's a secret, but uh, you know what I mean. But um, but the good news is he actually, it's a he, he agreed to sign some stuff so I can give it out to you. And uh, you're going to want to stay locked to all three of my social media channels tonight over the next few days. If you want to win an autograph, something. So, again, that's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCarr. And I'm going to do a, maybe like a trivia contest, something like that, uh, on each. Um, so, timing-wise, the interview is about, about 5 o'clock and then about over an hour to get back home. Like, guy's got to edit it. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth because I know he's probably listening right now. But, uh, Matt, do you think you can get it done around like 9-ish tonight? Uh, but whenever he, I'm going to stay up until he does it. So I'll post the clips on social media, bring the full interview to you probably next weekend. I'm on both Saturday and Sunday evenings next weekend. So it's another Danielle doubleheader. And this is, uh, you better stay tuned tonight because this is, uh, this is pretty big. That's it. I will tell you this. I'm also wearing my, my basketball shoes from high school. So there's another clue. <laughs> That's all you got now. 877-337-6666. We got to Queens and Ken, you're up on the fan. Yeah, how are you doing, Danielle? How are you doing? Okay, good, good. How are you, Ken? All right. Starting with the Jets, then I want to move on to the Mets. Okay. Has there been any official word on Dalvin Cook yet or nothing? Say that one more time. Has there been any official word signing of Dalvin Cook yet or you haven't not heard that, anything? Not that I've seen. Yeah, no, I've been on Twitter pretty much. No, I haven't seen anything. He's there, though. He, he's there, and he, he is expected to yeah, sign. So, we'll see. Good. He's there, and do not let him. Joe Douglas, if you're listening, <laughs> do not let this man leave Forum Park, New Jersey, without a contract in hand. Yeah, okay? he, he was standing on the sideline that, during practice. He looked like he was having a good time, too. So I expect it. All right, I good. Hope it happens before good. 3 bring out all the boys. Bring out his buddy Tyler Conklin from Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers. Get them all there. And I'm sure they're going to put in a good word with him. And hopefully, like I said, he doesn't leave New Jersey tonight without a signed deal. We'll okay? see. Hopefully it happens before now, 3 p.m. Well, <laughs> for for our sake here right now. Okay. Now, as far as our Mets or my Mets, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a little what they've been doing and what they've not been doing. What my thing is going to be this. David Stearns is definitely coming in, mm-hmm. all right, next mm-hmm. year. Billy E., who I despise and don't like and never did like, mm-hmm. will be nothing. He'll be with the team still because I hate to say it, but they're tight. Him and Stearns are tight. They like each other. They, they're tight. So he's probably going to still have a job, Billy E., but most likely, and I've told this joke at the station the last couple of months, Billy E will be out getting the Dunkin' Donuts and the coffee and everything else. And Mr. Stearns will be running the show, Danielle, and you'll see a big difference in this organization. Oh, I hope so. That I will definitely 100%. I can't because I can't do many more of these shows. I hope so. I hope so. Because their pitching should have been addressed in some of these deals. I mean, 
the pitchers that they have now, yeah, they have some talent, but they're at least probably not next year, but the year after away from, you know, coming to this team. So what are they going to do? They're going to sign maybe Julio uh, from uh, the Dodgers again, who has been okay, but he, you know, he's not pitching as well as he want, yeah, was. Blake I don't Snell's want anything to do there. with Aaron Nola. Yeah. I would maybe take a shot on Blake Snell, but Nola from Philly, I don't want no part of that guy. So they're going to have to spend some money, especially if they let Barland to go, which I think he's going to be going. I agree. Pretty soon, because I think they're just going to get an offer on Verlander that they're not going to be able to turn down. That's what I think. You would hope You would hope that it'd be a good move. And, and thanks for the call there, Ken. And Julio Arias, by the way, pitching 2023 to a 5 ERA. At that point, I'd, I'd rather take a Verlander and Scherzer at that point. 877-337-6666. We go to Clark, New Jersey. Joe, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Long time. What's up? Hey, what's How's going on? Uh, nothing. A couple things. One, real fast. Yeah, I agree with Stearns. I agree he's going to be coming here. Yep. And I think he's going to bring Council with him. Council's contract is up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think Council will be our next manager. I, I, I pray that he will be our next manager. Yep. Good. Um, here's my only problem. Here's my only thing with you that I have. I agree with you 100%. Billy Epler panicked when he made that Robertson chair. I think he could have waited. Yes. Got more teams involved. Yes. Waited until Tuesday. Got better prospects. Yep. My biggest problem is the way you gave Scherzer a pass. To me, this, Scherzer's part of the problem. He spit a bit more than any pitcher I've ever seen in my life. Going back to last year in Atlanta, down the last seat, the last series, this Padres series, this year against the Braves, against the Yankees. I could go on and on. How many times he had five run leads and gave it right back? Yeah. But he's part of the problem. The propensity so to bad. give up the home run ball, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I have no problem losing Scherzer. As far as the prospects for me, I always go by the thing, look, prospects are suspect. Mm-hmm. I don't, until, I, until they're actually here playing in the major league, Correct. They, that's all they are. Correct. It's like a draft pick. It's a lottery. Now, this kid has a good pedigree. I mean, his brother, you know what his brother does. Hopefully, I mean, what I've, what I've seen about him, he looks like he's pretty good. I'm hoping he's up here next year. This way I can move on. McNeil, I want out of here. I have, I'm done with McNeil. I don't need a guy hitting three home runs playing left field for me, especially if we, if we put this kid at second base. Kid, a coon, well, coon here's here. the thing with McNeil. Um, know- the, the thing with McNeil is this, and, and if I were in that dugout I, and on that payroll, I would I, – I, and I'm not trying to be funny here. Like, the frustration that ha- occurs after, you know, a ground out and the slamming of the helmet and stuff, like, that's not healthy for a hitter. Like, that man needs to go talk to a sports psychologist. I'm not trying to be funny. Like, that's how, how I would handle that. Like, it's not funny. No, you, and, and it permeates throughout the I, dugout and, and the clubhouse, that attitude. It's like playing with someone who, if you're a golfer, playing with someone who's throwing his clubs every time he hits a bad shot. Yeah. Like, after a while, come on, no yeah. one wants to see that. You know, like, exactly. Get, get, get under control. Yeah. Yep. Get it under control. Exactly. And you're right. I like, I like the guy who plays with passion, but there's something wrong because the guy, he doesn't go from hitting 326 last yes. year to 240 in one yeah. year. Yes. He's a lifetime 300 hitter. Yep. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of issues with the Mets. We know that. I, I have no faith in Billy. I call him in. I tweet, if you notice my tweets, I'm always calling him in Epler. Mm-hmm. I can't take him. He's yeah. awful. I mean, God awful. I mean, some of the trades, bringing in, I mean, how about this? How about paying off uh, Flex in $6 million contract, bringing in God, who might be the worst relief pitcher <laughs> they have now. They're basically paying the guy to go away. Yeah. I mean, you can't make it up. You cannot make it up. So, and, then, and by the way, look, at the price. Joe, at the press conference, remember what he did at the deadline last year? Daniel Vogelback, Darren Ruff. At the end of the season, you know what he said, Billy Epler? He said he has no regrets. 
No regrets last year's trade deadline when they should have gone in last year. They were at the they were on the precipice, Joe. They should have went in on it, and instead he stood back and he's like, "Oh, Darren Ruff, Vogelback, yeah, Mets fans won't know the difference." They brought in, they brought in, they bring in Givens. They should have gone after Robertson, giving up a better prospect, and getting Robertson to go after Givens it was horrible. Yep. But I mean, here's the thing now. I look at it like this. I mean, this team right now, this year, we know they're not going anywhere, okay? Yep. But my thing is, say, I want JV to pitch a one. I want JV to go eight innings, say, strike out 13, and then all of a sudden, now, tomorrow, the, tomorrow, the Dodgers, the, the Rangers are like, what do we, all right, we'll, we'll give you our best prospect for <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping he pitches his best game ever today. He might. Maybe we can get something for him tomorrow. Yeah, he know? might. Joe, Thanks, Joe, and that's a good call there, Joe. He, he might. Because I, he, I think he's pissed. I would be, if I were him, in, those, in that scenario, and I would go out there, and I would pitch a freaking no-hitter today if I could. I would want to show them. And we'll wait and see. He, Here's the thing. He, they can't move. If he's pitching today, what if he got hurt? They're, they're not moving him. What him starting today's game signals to me is that they are not tra- – or they were leaning towards not trading him. Because if they were thinking of trading him, you can't risk him getting hurt. Why would you send him out there? I don't know. But if someone calls you up on Tuesday – Right, but I, I, mean, I mean, what I mean, if what, what if calls I like you up on Tuesday one, and, they, and they offer X, Y, and Z, and you're like, hey, well, well, that's something different. But from a from a, Mets a standpoint, baseball why ops point of there? view, yeah, why know. are you going to throw them out there today? I, actually, as I was driving in, I was kind of scrolling Twitter at, at the red lights, of course, for any late scratch news on on Verlander for right. Today. Like in in theory, like, and you're a smart baseball fan. There's a smart baseball fans listening. If you were, if the Mets were considering moving him, you can't throw him today. Yeah, you cannot pitch him today. You, I, I don't want to hear what might happen tomorrow and Tuesday, whatever. I might win a lottery Tuesday, whatever. <laughs> you can't pitch the guy today. What, what, what if the guy pops his shoulder out of his socket? That's then what do you do? Yeah. So I, I mean, in theory, can they still move him? Sure, but I'd feel more comfortable about trading him. If they didn't pitch him today, now he is definitely pitching today, right? I don't want to make sure. Yeah, no, he, people... no, he's starting today. Unless okay. it's a, uh, I, I mean, the game starts in twenty minutes. Have you checked? Have have we yes. looked? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then people might now be yelling out their radio like, "How did they not see the tweet that he scratched?" No, yeah, it's for sure. He's he's in there. Yeah, so that's i in theory. That's what I would say to that is that if you're if you're sending him yeah, out there correct. today, right. then you can't. Then they probably won't be trading him. That it, yeah. and that's just me putting like one and one together. Then, then, then there they are in purgatory, half in, half out. Uh, yeah. In theory, I mean, listen, they need some. They They're, need some players. He's obviously. on TV right now, warming up. He's he's pitching today. They need some. <laughs> they they obviously need some pitchers, right? They can't trade eighty five percent of their major league roster, but the the important pieces, which are Fam, Canna, that's Adovino, yeah, Adovino maybe. Those guys, they have to be off the team by Tuesday. Yes. They they those guys specifically, yes. they have to be off the team by Tuesday. Sure. We'll see. 877-337-6666 in the order that you call. We go to Dave in yeah. Queens. What's up there, Dave? Danielle, how are you doing? I was in the store on a hold. Lady thinks I'm stealing because I'm on the store so long, so I'm walking out. <laughs> That's crazy, right? But uh, uh no, what part know? what part of it is crazy? I'm curious. <laughs> I'm in Sunnyside, Queens, right? I go into the store on hold. I'm I'm walking around waiting for you to pick up. Yeah. I got my little list. Lady goes you gotta buy some. I said, look, I'm on hold. She doesn't know WSAN. Yeah. I said, you just lost thirty dollars because uh, I'm going after I was talking to you. I was gonna buy all these cleaning products for my wife, but uh, 
I got a many nine nine cent stores I can go to, so she just lost thirty bucks. Mm, but all right, well, sorry about that. Crazy, Danielle. That's not why I called, but that's what occurred while I was on hold. Okay, Danielle. My point to this. Yeah. Sean Payton's an alpha. I like alphas. I like alphas as coaches, but I don't like Sean Payton for one reason: him being a um, scab of a patient player in '87. I'll never forget he crossed the picket line. Now the easy fodder back would have been, be quiet, scab. Be quiet, scab, because when you when you cross picket lines in yeah, life, yeah. you're always a scab. Mm. But nobody said that in the NFL with Sean Payton. But, yeah. but that's all right. Maybe It's not all right to me, but it's all right. They don't talk about that. But I, so I don't like Sean Payton for various reasons, number one being that. Yeah. So Salah took the high road, but now Allen is the alpha in a quieter way, but an alpha. He's defending Hackett and the jet organization, which I respect. So mm-hmm. I'm glad he fired the torpedo today. I agree. Aaron, and yep. that information you gave us. So yep. the thing is, by him firing that torpedo, I like that. It ends right now until they play in week five. Yep. But the thing is, somebody had to fire that salvo. The thing is, Robertson, the two deplorable things in life are being a scab and a person that doesn't give people the money they owe them. David Robertson is one of those people. When um, the playoff shares in 18, the Yankees, he voted for regular people not to get their playoff dividends, okay? So the thing is, good luck to him and get out of here. I don't care one way or another. I wouldn't want him on any of my teams. I'm not a Met, but Robertson has a big flaw with that. Okay, so you know wait, what I'm so talking I, about, I right? No, I don't actually. I, here, David Okay, Robinson's... in, 2000, in 2018, he was chairman of the Yankees' um, oh, uh, charge of playoff uh, yeah. dividends to everybody. And he voted, and it's a fact, he voted um, like four or five coaches not to get their like 10000 that they deserve. And nobody talks about that. And uh, I'm, here to tell, yeah, I'm, I'm here to remind people. Yeah, I'm just Googling yeah. it. I, I, can you, if you find an article yeah. about that, can you email it to me? Would you mind doing that? Uh, well, Daniel, all you have to type in is David Robertson playoff shares. I did. Okay? David Robertson playoff dividends 2018. I'll, I'll type in shares. Yeah, you will definitely find it. Like, um, And the thing is, you know, I never forgot that because I got a long memory. I mean, I got grudges. Now I got a grudge against a lady in the 99 cent store, but I didn't want a grudge. But I mean, I'll remember <laughs> that forever. I hold grudges. Obviously, I don't like Peyton, and obviously, I don't like Robinson for those reasons. Now, the thing is, I, I'm going to root for Acuna, and I'm going to root for those two Florida guys to be good on the Mets for, for these trades. I'm going to root for that. And the thing is, um, I wanted to say to you, I need Ben to call and talk about the Women's World Cup. Yeah. Okay? With Ben. You know, he's our soccer guy. Ben from Queens. And um, number two, I have a question for you. And you don't have to answer if you don't want. And it's a good question, I think. Okay? If I may ask you. All right. Let's see. Okay. Now, you're a teacher full-time. Mm-hmm. If the fan offered you a job, like, full-time, how would you do that? Would you, would you leave the profession that you're excellent in and go into this profession that you're excellent in? Or would you, would you um, how would you, that would be, like, a really tough decision, and that's what life's about. And I was always wondering if Danielle got the offer, <laughs> what she would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm gonna. I don't want to answer that because I know people are listening in in, in both. And, and he uh, up there. I didn't do that. But I know people are listening in both professions. So I'm just going to, uh, you know, channel Yogi Berra. This quote came to mind when the when the fork in the road. What <laughs> I can never get these right. If you get to a fork in the road, take it. And I don't know. We'll see. That's uh. Um, there is no offer on the table uh, from here, full time. So that's we're playing fantasy, uh, fantasy careers here. It seems, but hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge if and when we get to it. All right. So, um, one more thing about this Mets thing, and I, and I know the Mets are about to start, and then we can talk some Yankees and what they should do because I also did the homework on that as well. Um, 
I just wanted to capture the Mets fans before they they tuned me off and, w- and went to watch the game. But uh, so the final kind of bow I wanted to put on this, if you want to continue talking about it, we can. But what does the Scherzer trade say about Mets ownership in general? Like maybe is Steve Cohen too trusting of the wrong baseball people around him? Or maybe there isn't enough oversight in the baseball talent acquisition room, whatever that may look like. Uh, let's talk about what this Scherzer trade says about Steve Cohen and Mets ownership. I'm Daniel McCartan, 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. 30 seconds to go. I believe Marino is saying I'm going to spike it. Marino back, and he looks to the right side. Throws. Touchdown, Ingram. It was a fake. Marino was faking. He pretended as if he was going to spike by making that motion, and the Jets just relaxed on defense, and Marino threw it to Ingram, who was standing there like a house by the side of the road. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To the fan, my name is Danielle McCartan. As we uh, get set for Mets baseball in a couple minutes from now, um, one thing I kind of want to put a bow on this. Then we could talk some real deal Yankee strategy because the Yankees will be will be buyers. That's for sure. You know what is what does this say about Steve Cohen and his and his ownership of the Mets? Really, so what is the Scherzer trade in particular? And you know he's eating 30, 35.5 million dollars of Scherzer's contract to go watch him pitch in probably the postseason with the Rangers. Uh, I I feel that, you know, just because he has the money doesn't mean you can continually keep paying off and and these players to go play elsewhere and do these other and other things and play for other teams. I mean, I I think I think in a way, I think the poor I think he's being taken advantage of in a way. And I and Billy and Epler is allowing it. I mean Steve Cohen who footed the bill for the most expensive failure in baseball history this season, is going to help pay Max Scherzer to help another team win its division. Not the NL East Mets. And when Scherzer got here, Cohen said, this is a quote, he said, he's a Hall of Famer who knows how to win, and that's a great quality to add to the clubhouse too. I told you last year I wanted to win, and I talked about sustained winning and winning championships, and I mean it. And I think the Mets today are closer than we were then. Fine. Today, I'd argue that the Mets are farther from ever than ever than winning one in in the Steve Cohen regime. And when Verlander got here, both the Dodgers and the Astros were interested in him, but neither team wanted to spend the money on him. I mean, you know he's going to be next. I know he's pitching today. I, I find it hard to believe that that he and I know he has a no trade clause, but I, I find it hard to believe that that. He, a 40-year-old man, 41 to start spring training next season, wants to stick around this dumpster fire, this sell-off, this fire sale. And it's just unbelievable to me how this team, you know, it's 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 their most expensive failure in the history of the sport of baseball. And the architect of the most expensive failure in the history of the sport of baseball, Billy and Epler. And so... How does this man continue to get pass after pass after pass dating back to last year? I mean, at the press conference to end the season last season, Epler said he has, this was a quote, no regrets about the trade deadline strategy last season. Vogelback, rough. 
And he also stressed the importance of building something sustainable. Sustainable. Eight months later, he took a nuke to what he built. So enough is enough already. This is not the man for the job. And, and honestly, I don't want to hear about anything about him and Shohei Otani. I just don't. Because Otani has repeatedly said he wants to go to a winning team, a team with a chance. The Mets, with their big-ass white flags waving above City Field, they not only won't win this year, but they're in an awful spot to try to do it again next year. And unfortunately for them, Otani's a free agent after this season. Billy and Epler comes up short. Again, 877-337-6666. We go out to Westport, Connecticut. Stan, you're up on the fan. Hey, Diane, I got to disagree Diane. with a lot hey, of first, what... First, you got to I mean, get my Diane, name right. I'm sorry, Miss... <laughs> I am so sorry. Anyway, I have to disagree. So what's my name? Stuff. Huh? What is my name? Dan, you're McCartan, right? Yes, Danielle is my first name, yes. All right. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so here's the thing. People have to understand who Steve Cohen is and what he's done. He's one of the greatest investors in the history of investing. And he's done it because he's brilliant and he brings people around him who are very good at what they do. And there's an old adage in investing. Your first loss is your best loss. So, yeah, it looks bad on Scherzer, but they made a calculated decision. And you have to have faith, like the Red Sox, I'm a Red Sox fan, mm-hmm. in a guy like John Henry, who's also a brilliant you know, investor, they know what they're doing long term. It might not look that way definitely for, does all, not. all the time, but you have to understand how sophisticated these guys are and the tools that they use. So, then, so what I'm right, saying, right, sorry, let's go one by one. So why would you dump $80 million into two four, 38 and 39 year old pitchers to start the season? If, if this because, is, if this is so like rocket science, tell me why. Because one of them is going to work. And that guy's pitching today. <laughs> the other guy sort of worked, but you're cutting your losses. And you also got rid of a bunch of that salary, even though you're still paying a bunch of it. You got rid of it partially on the seller and the buyer. They took it. Each took a piece of it. You see what I'm saying? How about, so, okay, well, how about this? How, how about uh, the fact that last year, the, the smart rocket scientists around them, Billy and Epler, didn't make a move for a designated hitter, not only at the trade deadline last year, but in the offseason this season. That I can't say because I okay. didn't follow it that closely. So you may have a good point there. You know, it's look, I think you've got to go by the Red Sox model and the Mets will win multiple World Series in the next five to 10 years. I think at least one or two. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, because that, of that's who fine. This guy that, that, is. that faith is fine. But the Red Sox window has definitely closed there, Stan. But uh, listen. You you started the call by saying that he has the right people around him. I disagree. I disagree. Next year, he'll have the right people around him. The past two years, disagree. Danny and Bayside, you're up on a fan. Hey, how you doing, Danielle? What's going on, Danny? Good. First of all, I just wanted to say I never listen on Sundays, but, you know, I had laundry and running to do. So I did, and it was really entertaining this morning so far. And the reason why is because I was really, you know, after last night hearing about the trade, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to hear what you guys we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was very entertaining up until now. But I, I wanted to say I agree with a lot of things that you're, you're talking about, especially when you come at it through the numbers aspect and talking about war. Yeah. And, you know, if I can go get Bednar, oh, my God. Right. That would have been the right. move before, you know, getting rid of uh, Robertson, which exactly. they did. Yes. 
But now where we're where we're at, mm-hmm. and and you know, I'm a huge fantasy baseball guy, yeah. and I got to tell you, I, first of all, I don't think Verlander's going anywhere. Um, and and the reason why is, you know, he's he's a little different than Scherzer. You know, like Scherzer, you know, you know, I don't want to get into like injuries and all those things. And Scherzer never, you know, he had a small injury at one point, but like where where we are at with Verlander right now, he's coming off a few years from that injury and he's getting stronger and stronger. He's always been that pitcher that as the season goes on, he gets stronger and stronger. And the reason why the Mets going to hold on to him is because Steve Cohen, the guy before awesome, awesome uh, point about his being a great investor, getting to $20 billion on commodities, which Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, putting names in the hat and picking them out. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about closers or, or prospects, Prospects, Um, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but I'm going to explain it all right now where, where I'm trying to get at. Um, but now that we're at this point, I think the Scherzer move was great. You mentioned before about getting younger. Um, Acuna has pedigree. And this guy, you know, you look at a young kid in the minors, you want to see, you don't want to see batting average. You want to see, you know, his, his overall OPS and you want to look at his stolen base. Uh, I mean, he's, dub- a, like he's a base runner spread. and that's, that's an advantageous with these new rules. Yes. I mean, he's stolen a ton of bases. He's, he's a good, smart base runner. There's a lot to like about him. Problem is he's exactly. in people are like, Oh, well he's hitting three, whatever, whatever it is in double a, or well, that's also against double a pitching. It's very different double a than there, major no, pitching. You're, you're right. And so many times, like I've looked at, like, I always pick like, I used to be in a league where you would, you would, you know, if you were really good at MILB, you know, you you would, even if you had a bad draft, you can you can salvage your season real quick, like by seeing who's going to come up and be a superstar. Yeah. Um, but I'll I'll tell you something, two things. Verlander, you know, saved my butt, you know, when he was traded uh, to Houston that year. I got him cheap, and and he had an incredible season, right? I don't think he's going anywhere because next year he's going to be the anchor with Sanga and they'll go out and get somebody. They have the money. And so I'm back to what the other guy was saying. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think my point is, is pretty much finished. I, I think you're right. I think that Billy and Epler is inept. You know, he is. And I think Steve Cohen kind of knows it, but he's also not going to show his cards because that's just who he is. And sure. I think next year he's going to go out and get a guy like Stern and, and really build that. And maybe Epler has gone. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe maybe Showalter's gone. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how many times Showalter has put together a hundred win season with a team, and then and then maybe that team drop off the cliff. Yeah. Um, but but he knows what he's doing, right? So he had his big loss, and I think he's learning, and I think he's gonna he's gonna put something really special together. But I don't think Verlander's going anywhere. And then the last point I just wanted to make, totally aside from baseball, is man, Aaron Rodgers. He showed again why I love this guy so I, much, I and I've loved him for years. I you know, know. just. He doesn't get the credit for being the man or he doesn't get the credit for, you know, the guy doesn't care if he's on one leg. He puts up heart like you've never seen, but he's also, people say he says crazy things. He doesn't. He says what's on his mind and he's, he's strong. This and I just want to listen to you yeah. now. Uh, Danny, thanks for the call there. A couple topics there, but I guess we'll talk with about the uh, Aaron Rodgers thing and Aaron Rodgers definitely put Sean Payton in his place. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sticking up for his guys. I mean, that's that's what you love. I mean, essentially, he said uh, when an interview with a Peter Schrager, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're going to get a fired up Aaron Rodgers on week five. I'll tell you that much. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I, I was sitting with uh, Marty Lyons and with uh, Greg Buttle last night, and I was like, listen, I will pay anything to go see the Jets in the Super Bowl. Anything. And then they were trying to break down how many tickets might be available, uh, how what the capacity of Vegas Stadium is, and we're going on. 
And they said it's going to be expensive. So I'm going to start saving. That's my plan. <laughs> to start saving to fly out to Vegas to see the Jets in the Super Bowl. Because with Dalvin Cook, no news on Dalvin Cook yet either. He's here. He's in Florham Park watching practice. They wouldn't just bring anybody out there to watch practice, right? Just anybody. 877-337-6666. Cook hopefully will be a Jet by the time I'm up and out of here at 3 p.m. We'll see. We'll go to uh, Newark, New Jersey. John, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? What's going on, John? Um, Billy Epler. He He's Brian Cashman on steroids. If Steve Cohen's clone owned the Yankees, Cashman and Epler would have bidding war for Scherzer and Verlander. They would have been making $60 million a year. The proof of a bad makeup of a team is the Yankees. When Judge went down, they're playing under 500 ball. They didn't have the hitters to compensate for Judge. Same thing with the Mets. Diaz goes down. They don't have the bullpen to compensate for Diaz's loss. They're under 500 team. Mm-hmm. And my, and my advice to, uh, Cashman, trade Glaber Torres right this second that he's showing signs of life that maybe you could get something for him, but he won't. Torres would, is going to fall back to what he is, an average ball player. And during the off season, this off season, he'll probably trade him and get a bag of balls for him. All right. What do you want for him now at the trade deadline? Um, we could use a left fielder maybe. I don't know if I'm putting Glaber Torres in a deal for a left fielder. Why? Torres is is too valuable. Yeah, you have you have Tor. You first of all, you had uh, um, um, what's his name? The, the machine. DJ Lemayo. Yeah, Lemayo. He's a second baseman. That's his and best Torres, defensive You have two full time second basemen. Mm-hmm. It hasn't worked for the years that they, they just like Judge. And no, see, see, I'm flipping. I would be flipping Glaber Torres for like, um, like, like a starting pitcher or a real time closer. That's what I'd be flipping him for. I'm not, I'm not wasting Glaber Torres on a left fielder. And you know what? Let's do this. Let's break here. And we've got, uh, you know, while the Mets front office is a mess in the entire league, um, let's now that the Mets have started top of the first over there at, uh, at City Field as Lindor. As a bleeder just rolls up the mound underneath the, the, the glove of Verlander and also underneath the glove of Lindor. Runner on first, no outs. Um, the ball didn't even leave the infield. But um, the Mets are a mess. So le- now that you know the Mets have started, let's a little focus a little bit on the Yankees. The left fielder, as, as the caller just mentioned, left field is the position of need for the New York Yankees. Uh, I did a lot of homework on this. I'll tell you how I did it, what I got to, and I have a whole chart. I'm looking at it with four or five different colors in it. I'm very excited to bring this to you. My suggestions for the Yankees to improve in left field. It's coming up next here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mitch makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary! On the final Sports happens. Talk about it here. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back 
to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. As the Mets are down one nothing already in the top of the first out at City Field, let's talk some Yankees deadline strategy because it's been all Mets so far. Let's infuse some Yankees into this. We'll talk a little Jets as well. I love the shows when they're a mishmash of all the different teams. I love that. Um, but uh, what I did just yesterday afternoon was, um, again, I looked at the Fangraphs war calculators uh, to identify which areas – of the Yankees lag behind the others and where where they're where they have their strengths and where they have their weaknesses. And according to Fangraph's war, if that's something that you believe in, the highest achieving areas for the New York Yankees are starting pitching, which is actually the third highest war in Major League Baseball, and right field. Like, duh, right? That's also a strong area. So then the Yankees' lo- then lowest achieving areas are in this order, left field, which they are tied for second worst war in Major League Baseball. Then first base, but Rizzo's going nowhere, you know that. Uh, designated hitter, and my argument that the Yankees would tell you is that they love their de- designated hitter spot as like this rest day r- rotational spot. And catcher, uh, you know, I, I know I did four here, but uh, four, uh, the fourth area of interest of all the positions, including designated hitter, was catcher. Um, the catcher was about middle of the pack in the league in terms of war from fan graphs. And uh, then I... Step two is kind of formulate a strategy from there. And, um, you know, there was also a quote that stuck out to me that I wrote down when it happened. July 16th, Aaron Boone told Meredith that Brian Cashman, and this neat, the word needed, everyday left fielder. And he told her that in the dugout for the Rockies game on, on July 16th. So you know that they're looking for an everyday left fielder. From there... Again, like I did with the Mets, I combed through the divisional standings, the wild card standings to see, you know, which teams might be obvious sellers. And then again, dove into those depth charts and also the bottom of the barrel teams, potential seller teams I thought might be sellers. Okay. And then obviously I kept both the Mets and the Yankees in mind. So here's what I found I looked at 12 different hitting metrics, some advanced uh, out of the 12. Um, one base running stat, one fielding stat. I looked at contract statuses, postseason experience, and um, for what ended up being, I think it was 12 different left fielders uh, around the league. Um, and then what I did, I took it one step farther for this. I compared all of those numbers against the collective output of all nine different men that have started in left field for the Yankees this season. So as a positional group, not as individuals. And those individ- those nine individuals that have started in left field for the Yankees this year so far, Bowers, Allen, Cabrera, Calhoun, Cordero, Hicks, Kiner Falefa, McKinney, and Stanton. There's nine of them. So I compared all of these nine players against the collective output of the Yankees' left field position, I guess you would call it. Um, and what I found were there were six left fielders that intrigued me. Uh, but two of those six are Chicago Cubs. So I'm not sure that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Uh, the win streak, they've been, they've been hot. Cubs have been hot. Uh, so those two fielders, just so we're all clear, were Cody Ballinger. I think he'd be a perfect fit. But he's also played exactly zero games in left field this season. 40 in his entire career. Uh, I also love from the Cubs, Ian Happ. But again, I don't now at today. I don't think the Cubs are sellers, so you can kind of scratch those off. Um, I know Andrew Benintendi is a pipe dream at this point. Uh, he's but he's obviously worth mentioning. Uh, he's a perfect fit, and I'm still not sure why the Yankees let him go. Uh, you know, didn't resign him, 
If I ever get a chance to, to talk with Brian Cashman, that is a question I will ask. Uh, so we're down to three now. Or is it three? Four. Oh, so I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're down to three. Those three. Um, I, I really don't think you should really overthink this one. Um, the guy Randall Grichuk from Colorado, I, I think he's the answer based on my homework. Um, but if if they want too much for him, because I know he's like this hot commodity, you know, then in this order, I want Tommy Pham from the Mets and then Mark Canna. So my order of left fielder preference would be Grichuk, right? Is that how you say it? Grichuk uh, from Colorado and then Pham and then Canna. One, two, three to improve upon a, in everyday left fielder situation for the, for the New York Yankees moving forward this season. I also considered guys like Brent Rooker. I colored him in yellow, which is like proceed with caution. Uh, Stone Garrett from Washington. I also colored him in yellow. Uh, Charlie Blackman was an absolute no. So is Diron Blanco from Kansas City was a no. So was Corey Dickerson from Washington, also a no. So that's kind of how I see this shaking out uh, with the understanding that Bellinger and Hap, Ian Hap, are probably uh, off off the trade block at this point in time. So uh, Randall Grichuk from Colorado, followed by second choice, Tommy Pham, third choice, Mark Canna. And I think an easy deal could be made with the Mets. Yankees have an excess of bullpen talent and relief pitchers. And the Mets have none. That's that's an easy trade, if you're asking me. I'd send Marinaccio, namely Marinaccio, uh, one. Uh, I don't know if the Mets would accept that. Probably not. They'd probably need more than that, which is fine. But the Yankees would be dealing from an area of strength, especially since Jonathan Lewisga, uh started a rehab uh, start today in Tampa. So that's the deal I would make. Um, and let's see what you think, Ace. All right, Paul Rosenberg is telling me that uh, Billy Epler said a few things. Um, Are you going to play it, his voice? All right, let's hear it. All right, Uh, so just to kind of open a little bit here um, regarding the the Max trade, you know, kind of given the the place we're in um, and the the odds we're facing, um, you know, it was a strategic decision. And... um, you know, we kind of took this opportunity to uh, to kind of serve another goal of the organization, which is to uh, enhance a farm system. So, but I do want to be clear that it's not a uh, it's not a rebuild, um, it's not a fire sale, it's not a liquidation. Um, this is just a repurposing of uh, you know Steve's investment in the club um, and uh, kind of shifting that investment from the team into the organization. So, you know, with that, um, I'll take some questions. Not a rebuild, not a fire sale, not a liquidation. Just a repurposing of Steve's investment into the club. What? How can you consider that not any of those things? Not a fire sale, not a liquidation? You traded your best reliever and your 1B starter. Is that to say that that, that there are no other moves to be made? How can that... What do you call me? Can you call me a moron? Not a rebuild? Oh, not a fire, not a liquidation? You traded your number one reliever days before the deadline. Days before the trade deadline. You didn't invoke any sort of uh, bidding war for him. You just gave him up. And then you you sent Max Scherzer and 35. Five and a half million dollars to Texas, but that's it's not a liquidation. That's that's not a fire sale. 
What? Are, what? I, 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 I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get it. That's exactly what it is. It's a fire sale. Your best reliever and your 1B, some would argue 1A, starter. Gone. No longer on your team. There's no way that's not a fire sale. Don't call me stupid. Let's go to Lou and his story. You're up next on a fan. Hey, Daniela, how are you? Calm down, girl. Jesus. You can, I'm glad you, you, you don't take your, your job to, to the other job. So I'm glad. I know you do that very well. So, But anyway, let me tell you something about the match and this guy at the GM. You actually was very right when you said that J.D. Uh, Davis mm-hmm. should have been the D.H. for the match. And yep. you know what? They would have went very, very, very far yep. with him. And they would have definitely won the division. But again, uh, Scherzer, when he, when he went to the Braves, he threw a sorry-ass game, which that could have clinched the two. And, you know, and we liked him this year. They all stink. The entire team for the match stink. Okay, it's the same, almost the same thing without Diaz. But Marte was out for a whole month. You mm-hmm. remember that, right, mm-hmm. Daniela? Mm-hmm. Okay, that that made a difference. Mm-hmm. Now I want to go to the other side, if you don't mind. Now, well, but before I'm you even do that, Apple, look, I'm not, look, I'm not defending that, Apple, but that, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, JD Davis hit a walk off home run last night. A walk off home every run. Every time I look at it, I think of you. You was right. Yep. I mean. Uh, you know, and, and he was there for peanuts compared to the money that this guy's spending. I know, I know. You know what I'm saying? You, you're absolutely right. You actually, if he was a GM, the Mets would still be playing in the World <laughs> I mean, he would have probably even won to the World Series. But oh, anyway, we'll see. this is what I want you to do. You know, our Yankees, okay, you give the GM a break, and I don't understand why, because they make the playoff every year. You just mentioned he knew, he's as bad as that, but he knew – that we needed a left fielder. He got rid of Benatendi. Jody Ballinger is out there. What are we waiting for? Okay? This guy, and I want you well, to research this for me. Because, but, but, Lou, the Cubs, I don't think they're trading him at this point. The Cubs are right in the thick of it. I understand that, but it's a mistake made. He should never have done that. He had a guy that was a, that was a 300 hitter that, you know what, he got hurt. But you know what? He he wasn't going anywhere. The guy is a contact hitter. What is the problem? Yeah, I don't know. You know we need a we need a leadoff hitter for years. Okay, mm-hmm. even that guy Luis, uh, what's the name from the from, from the Marlins is hitting over well over three hundred. Why don't you go after him? I think he's a free agent. That's what we need. But no, we have to hit the ball uh, uh, three hundred thousand miles away. Okay, you know it has to be a launch angle. Uh, like I said, this guy give me a team. That this guy, this our GM, which I'm by the by the way, sooner or later they're going to change his name to Brian uh, Steinbrenner. Oh, it, that's yes. the reason why his he's name there. Is Brian Cashman Steinbrenner. Yes, it's hyphenated. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? He's part of the family, and Holland's not going to get rid of him because he doesn't want anybody that's aggressive enough to say, hey, "I need this guy. We got to spend the money." Okay. Yep. This guy saves his money. There's not a, a year, okay, Daniela, that this guy, the GM, is responsible for even winning a championship. Or take his ass to the playoff. Give me a year real quick if you can. Because I, 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 yeah, I don't I mean, see I, it. I, I never I, saw. Lou, we agree on this. And, and we're going to get the callers that say, you know, oh, but he, he was part of all of it. I agree with you. I agree with you, Lou, that he, I mean, 2009, maybe. Maybe 2009. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCart. As the Mets 
have tied it up at, at City Field. It is 1-1, top of the second inning. Verlander. Still on the mound, of course, for the New York Mets. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. And I am very sorry to Sid in Riverdale. I lost track of time. I got so involved in my, my chart of potential left fielders for New York Yankees. I'm so excited about it. And I was crossing off Cody Bellinger because he is officially off the market. Sid in Riverdale. Jer- uh-huh. Is this Riverdale, Jersey, or Riverdale, New York? Because there's two. Uh, uh, Riverdale, New York. Okay. All right. What's going hey, on there, Daniel, Sid? Sorry about that. You? I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, it's no problem. I understand. I'm, I'm a big Yankee fan. Um, I just can't believe what I just heard from Billy Epler coming from a Yankee fan. I, I just, I, I just, I just, I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't have no, no words. All right. If, I, and if, I don't if you're under- just getting into the car right now, Billy Epler talked about before the game today, he said, this is a quote, it's not a rebuild. It's not a fire sale. It's not a liquidation, just a repurposing of Steve's investment into the club. I, can you imagine? I don't, you just I don't get it. I mean, can you just imagine if, if Brian Cashman said that? Oh, no way. They'd be out with pitchforks outside the Bronx. You know, so here's, here's my thing. I, I totally agree, and I'm quite upset that it's Cody, Cody Bellinger's off the market. Officially. Um, you, know, I, you know, I just feel like, you know, where, where, you know, where do we go from here? Um, and I just feel like since, you know, since um, Brian Cashman likes to hold on to his prospects too much, I may be overstating it. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, or am I? Yeah, am uh, he's, I, uh, he's a, a, a known prospect hugger. I, you could point to any one of them. Estevan Florial, uh, uh, the third baseman who got the surgery on his arm. I can't think of his name. Oh, what's his name? I forgot. Or, or, or Clint Frazier. He, he's a known prospect hugger, and I, you know, that's that's the one uh, one of the knocks I have against him. But you know, just because Cody Bellinger's off the market, I mean, I went th- I went through a lot of left fielders. I mean, I Randall Grychuk Grychuk from Colorado. I would like to. I like actually, honestly, he's a better player. Or oh, sorry, I'm looking at Ian Happ. I'm looking at my little chart here. But he's he's a great player. That would be I would be happy with him. If not, you, know, you also got Fam and Canna all right across the, the way that's here. What, yeah, that's what I was. I, w- I was just going to say, why can't you know? Because since Cashman doesn't want to spend, you know, so much money, I, I feel like Fam and and Canna would would be a, would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Now, my question to you, Danielle, is I'm not confident. I don't know how you feel, but I'm not really sold on Yankees making the playoffs. Only one because of Judge and yeah. because of the uh, because of the lineup because. The, the lineup is not consistent. Correct. When was the last time the Yankees won a, had a five game, six game winning streak? I can't even I can't even remember that. Mm, um, yeah, and if we miss, you know, if we miss the playoffs, I feel. And you know, and the thing that bothers me too, Danielle, and I may be I may be a little crazy here, but every time I hear Aaron Boone, he talks about the pen, the pen, the pen, the pen. Mm-hmm. We we write the script, and then he says the other the other week. We, who's we? Are you saying we, general manager Brian Cashman, right, the Yankees? Yeah. Who, who's who's we? Yeah. Who's we? That's what I I don't understand. What is he talking about? Yeah, I don't I'm know. Trying, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess that could be that's a good question there, Sid. Maybe a combination of the analytics department uh, and maybe you're talking about. Uh, putting together lineups and stuff. Uh, the analytics department, possibly the general manager, I'm sure, sits in on those sorts of things. And this is not. These are you know, this is Aaron Boone not by himself in a room. Like many managers are not penciling in these lineups by themselves in a room. Uh, Fangraphs is great actually, and Fangraphs says that the Yankees 
have a 33.3% chance to make the playoffs. That's way down from the like a week ago. A week ago it was like 40 something. Now it's down to 33 to 3. Um that's not great. And I looked it up the longest winning streak for the New York Yankees this season has been 5 games. Uh it started on May 18th, the day after my birthday. Um will the Yankees make the playoffs? Yes, I, I still say yes only because Aaron Judge is now back. They went two months without him. And I and, and I would like to see, I would hope that the Yankees are going to go ahead and get themselves a contact left fielder. That's why I say yes. And their starting pitching and their bullpen has been really good. 877-337-6666. We go to West Orange, New Jersey. Stan's up on a fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Nice day. Uh, wonderful weather. Thank God the heat and humidity's down. Yeah, I know. So, hey, listen, I, I got to, you know, I've been listening to this. What you said about Epler and what you've said about the Mets, and, and the, it goes for the Yankees, too. I mean, could you stop, just stop trying to convince the fans that there's something better than what there is? You need to get, you need to get younger. You need to get Wait, more I'm, people I'm involved. About, I'm, the, I'm confused about the convincing part. What? Convincing, convincing that this, it's not a rebuild. It's not this. Oh, Epler. Not that. Epler. Oh, oh, okay. I thought uh, you. Yeah, you, no, I'm just talking. But, but you know what? Both you, you could actually look at it from both teams. Because you know what? I know the Yankees make the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Mets are trying basically very hard to, to, to replicate as best they can. But the thing is, is they, you know what? And you bring people into New York that don't maybe don't even want to play in New York. Maybe. If you've got a young base of talent, let them play. Let them see if they can make it in New York. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it's, you can't, and they're not every, and then when you go through everything else, they expect the fans to pay even more money for their seats and this, that, the other thing. And you know what? You just can't just keep, Telling people to keep doing this, yeah. and then find out the fact that that basically you you know they're just taking advantage. Yep. And, and I, as I look at the Mets, uh, and thanks for the call there, Stan. I, I look at the Mets lineup today. No Bientos, no Alvarez. I mean, he's rolling in with the same freaking guys out there. Daniel Vogelback hitting fifth, five, no sixth. One, two, three, four, five. No, he's fifth. Yeah, right behind Pete Alonso. That's why I question myself. I mean. What are we doing here? It's the same thing. And and again, this is from Billy Epler before the game. He said it's not a rebuild. It's not a fire sale. Not a liquidation. You just traded your number one closer. Your number one, uh, I guess, closer. Yeah, relief pitcher slash closer. Number one, Robertson. Didn't induce any sort of bidding war for him whatsoever at all. Zero. And your 1A or 1B, whatever you want to call him, Max Scherzer is now out the door after a conversation with you about the du- direction you plan to take this franchise. In which you plan to take this franchise. I mean, what? What's that expression? Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining? Something like that? Come on, man. Let's go to Michael in Happy Valley, Oregon, listening on our Odyssey app. Hi, Danielle. Good What's up, Michael? Good morning for me. That's right. 
Hey, great, great job. I love your IQ. I love your sports IQ. I love your passion. I love your loyalty. So thank you for allowing me to say one thing, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, I just want to say that if you're the Mets fans, I think there should be some optimism because the direction the team is heading now with these – it is a, it is a fire sale, let's be real, uh, in yes. Epler. But yes, yes. You know, but the direction, honestly, with the way the new rules are, the way the game is changing – if you look at next year's team, you know, let's say you've got, you know, Lindor, Acuna, uh, Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos. You're going to, you've got Marte, you know, McNeil, Alonzo, of course. You know, you could get, they need to start shooting for like middle of the, you know, pitchers that are maybe in their late 20s, early 30s, not so much AAV, but maybe just, you know, solid guys like what Texas did this year. And, mm-hmm. And and not focus and not try. We we can't have either seasons where we either win a hundred games or seventy five games. We got to try to just be a ninety win team. Obviously, you want to win as much as possible. We the problem with the Mets is they don't get in the playoffs enough. So when they do, there's so much like, oh my God, this is it. We can do it. And then if they don't, it's like a disappointment. But if we can just build a consistency where we make the playoffs consistency. Then, you know, it's not, oh, well, it's once every, you know, five, six years, we got to win it all. And I think that the direction they're heading, getting younger, cutting some payroll, not that it's, we're going to beat the Braves, but I think we, moving forward, this will be a better chance for us to be what we want to be, a more consistent playoff team. I don't know if you agree on that. Well, Michael, uh, maybe. It's possible. Um but prospects are just prospects, and they don't guarantee anything. They don't, they're not even guaranteed to make the league. I hope that they do for the Mets case. I hope that they do. But I mean, think about this. You're already promoting all of these guys to play together, and you're already projecting a playoff berth with these guys. Look at the guys on the Mets now. Alonzo, McNeil, the reigning batting champ, McNeil, Nemo, Lindor. They're going nowhere fast this year. So I, I don't necessarily agree with that take really at all. And you got a manager who is so reluctant to play the younger players. It's it's maddening. It's detrimental to the team at this point in time. Get him in there. One more thing on Epler today because he said a lot. He did say that the expectations for 2024 will be less than the previous two seasons well, because of the moves. Yeah. So I, I think, which no, is no sh. You know what? Well, which is an accurate statement from Epler, and I think that. Honestly, won't hurt because Mets fans' expectations were through the roof this year, and they ran back the same exact team. And this is what happened. I honestly think they're not—they're nowhere near as good as 101 wins last year. I don't think they're as bad as what they are this year. They're probably somewhere yes, in the middle. I agree, and I—and I think that's an object. They're probably in the middle somewhere. Yep, nine—you know, eighty-eight, ninety-two wins, and yeah, and that's it and is no what, ch- and no chance of winning the East. Right. Well, well, this year's done. This year's over. This year, this Braves. Right. Well, and this year ended before July when they won four or five games in June. That's when this. That's that's what it told me that they didn't have it. And it, it is what it is. It's it's unfortunate. It's as a Met fan, it's an awful feeling. The fact that this is what happened. The team won 101 games last year, and it took. Ten months and the season's over. Well, they're, they're managing. He's managing already the weight of expectations for next year because he's basically saying, "I can't put a winning team out there again next year." Well, deal it's, with it. It's that, and it's also the players need to perform. Oh, 
that's true. The players had the pl- and, and and we can all get on Epler as much as we want. Jeff McNeil, Alonzo, Lindor, Nimmo to an extent. What? He's been their best player. Nimmo to an extent. They they have to step up. They have to actually they they have to play better. People always want to you know bitch and complain about the people who put the players on the field or on the ice or on the court. They have to play up to their expectations. They didn't True. do that this True. year. And someone just tweeted me and asked, where is the blame to be placed this season? It's it's a, it's a triangle. They're all culpable, equally culpable. The general manager, the manager, and the players. That's a tri- it's a triangle. It was a perfect storm this season for the New York Mets. We go to uh, Adolfo in the Bronx. Adolfo, ciao. Hey, how you doing, uh, Danielle? Thank you. Uh, first time on your show. Thanks I for calling. I appreciate it. Listen, um, next Saturday, are you going to be on the radio? Saturday night uh, after the Yankees. Yeah, I think the Yankees play Saturday night. Let me just double check this. Hold on. Saturday because the gonna... fifth. Yeah. Yes, after the Yankee game, I'll be on. Yes. Okay, I, I would like to call you next week because I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to make a quick. Uh, it's about the Mets, and uh, I know you have a lot of callers, mm-hmm. so I will try to make it quick. Um, Billy Epner needs to. When the Mets, uh, when Steve Cohen took over, and I saw Billy Epner came in, I said, forget about it. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a disaster. Yep. He's a bad general manager. You got to look at his career. I know. I have. Okay? His career is terrible. I, I know. And then when I saw last year on the trade line, he gave up so much. And then the best player he gave, J.G. Davis, yep. who was a clutch hitter all the time, he gave it away for what? I liked it, and someone said, guy, someone and told me on Twitter, Cohen, yeah, he doesn't care. Someone said on Twitter, I, I'm a Monday morning quarterback in the JV, JD Davis thing. Actually, I'm not. If you've listened, you know that I wanted him to be the the designated hitter for the Mets moving forward. Instead, they brought in a half a DH Vogelback and Darren Ruff, who, who was very rough. He's terrible, terrible. He's a, he's a terrible GM. He's a terrible, and the the, the Mets don't know what they're going. I think the worst is yet to come. It's gonna be. I'm a Mets fan for a long, long, long time, mm-hmm. and the worst is yet to come. Believe me. Well, here's we're the... gonna see a lot. Well, Adolfo, listen. Thank here... you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks. For Have me. a great day. Thanks you too. Appreciate it. And here's the thing, man. Like, I don't think the worst is yet to come because I believe he'll he'll be relegated. He should be relegated to, I don't know, coffee duty or something uh, moving forward when when the Mets get in here. Who they who they want to to bring in here. That's the, that's the only hope I have. That's it. Because if this guy's in charge again, it's it's it is all over. We go to Ira in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. I, I know you're talking. I know you're talking a lot of baseball, oh, but uh, before before we get to Peyton and Rogers replying on that whole comment nonsense, yeah. um, I tell you this Cook thing, and, and I don't want to eat my words, but I, to me, they're just dotting the eyes and crossing the T's. I think this is a done deal. I agree. They 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 rolled out the red carpet, and Woody spent time with them. The whole organization players were hugging them, so it's going to be a dynamic backfield once Hall gets back to speed. And it's interesting what competition does. Michael Carter had his best day of the summer today because he knows this guy's breathing down his neck. But <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, and, and this by the way, and as optimistic as I am for the most part, uh, I, I go back decades watching this team. This is probably one of the most talented rosters they've ever had. Yes. And, of course, Rogers elevates it. But I, I do have to get to those comments. First of all, I, I would have taken Sean Payton as a head coach in a heartbeat. 
But what he did and what he said the other day, there was no retracting what he said. That was Correct. completely uncalled for. Oh, he tried. And I got to But get, he tried. No chance. He tried, but yeah. but Rogers Rogers put him in his place today, and I'm really glad to see that. Me too. And I, I can't I can't praise enough the leadership role that I've seen Rogers since he's here yes. and what he's done during the spring and during camp. Yep. It's something I've never seen as a Jet fan. I'm trying to. I just quickly tried to scan my little memory bank here, and, and I I agree with you. I mean, he is saying, doing all of the right things, and. For the people that were calling up and said, oh, he's, he's, he's disgruntled, all that. No, no. I said, you are getting the most motivated version of Aaron Rodgers we have seen. With the guy who, his offensive coordinator, Hackett, he won two MVPs with just fairly recently. So I, I am very, very excited to see what this team can do this year, Ira. I, I really am. Well, if they stay healthy, I have them winning the division and probably winning probably about 12 games. And then after that, you know. You know, the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah. I think that's where it starts. I, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you on that. This is this is the best collection of talent that the Jets have had in, I don't want to say ever, because I wasn't around forever. And I don't like ever comparing different eras of football, of baseball, of all that. But for sure in my lifetime. <laughs> I am 35 years old. For sure in my lifetime. This is the best collection of talent that that the Mets, the Jets, um, really have really ever had in my lifetime, I think. 877-337-6666 as we roll towards the trade deadline. Uh, we could talk some Mets moves or non-moves and uh, what the Yankees should do, of course, uh, obviously is target left field. And um, if you want to talk Jets football, that's great. Maybe we're hoping for some Dalvin Cook news. That would be very nice. And uh, whatever else you want to talk about. 877-337-6666. My name is Daniel McCartan. Hanging with you till 3 p.m. right here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Back is low. Hit on its way. It's got the distance, and it is good! And Lawrence Tynes has done it again. He's kicked the Giants to the second Super Bowl in four years. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Wow. This is a a throwback of all throwbacks here on this Sunday fun day. My name is Daniel McCartan, hanging with you till 3 p.m., we have talked uh, trade dead. This is exactly what I was expecting today. Some trade deadline talk for the Mets and the Yankees. And, of course, uh, some Jets Jets news. No Dalvin Cook news just yet. We shall see. But uh, if you look at this Mets uh, rotation, I mean, how many more games are they really going to win? I mean, really, how many fans are they going to bring out to the ballpark on a consistent basis the longer this season goes? I'll tell you something. They've got a solution. It's not lost on me that the New York Mets, while they're hoisting the 2023 white flag high above City Field, they then turn immediately around and say, hey, we're going to have Bartolo Colon Day September 17th. Like, come on. That's like the oldest trick in the book. It's like kind of shameless, in fact. Like, they're just trying to bleed the fans for a little bit more of their hard-earned money. They're hard-earned dollars, and they're just trying to put fannies in the seats, which should be a very bare city field uh, you know, starting real soon. Um, that, I mean, look at the timing of it. That, that's kind of Will Pony, if you're asking me. 
Why not do it? How long does it take you to get all that in place? How long? Why not do it now? Why not do it sooner rather than September 17th? Oh, that's right, because, yeah, you're going to be hurting for, for ticket sales on September 17th. As Jeff McNeil just uh, bangs a triple down the right field line. Mets are in business now. Two to one. Top, bottom of the third, see? All right, we go to uh, back out to Woodside, Queens. We go to David. You're up next here on The Fan, David. Hey, Danielle. First time caller. Enjoy listening to your show. Thank you. Uh, I think you're being a little modest here with the Mets liquidating. You know, I feel like it's a garage sale going on over there now because of the whole blunder that, you know, they spend a lot of money. They try to, you know, be like these big franchises when, when they have a big, you know, bank account now. I think they jumped the gun too much already on, on spending on these pitchers, on these old pitchers. Yes. So, you know. Well, I, you know what, though? I, I, can't, I can't say that it was a mistake because you had sure No, no, no. You, gotta, you, you know, I, I uh, love the move. I love both of the moves when, when they occurred. But it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, you know. And, and like I said, <laughs> that's why Mets fans are just mad. You know, it didn't plan out the way they all hoped. <laughs> right. Mm. Well, yeah. You know, and, I mean, wouldn't you be mad? I mean, that's that's. Wouldn't you be mad? I I I wouldn't be so mad because you know it 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 was just it was just an experiment, experiment that your franchise has never really done before and go all out. Wait, my know? franchise? Yeah. I, I don't yeah, I don't yeah. I don't own it. I don't I don't work for them. Uh, I mean, like I said, Mets fans. You're your franchise right. fan because I'm a Yankee fan. But my my girlfriend, she's a Mets fan. And, and I, I do an unbiased radio show here in New York. You know, and, and I'd just like to touch on the Jets because that's my team right there. I really hope Dalvin Cook comes because I, I feel like with Cook coming on board, we'll have so many different pieces oh, on that running back. I know. It's it just going to confuse that defense so badly, especially on third down, because Cook will be very, very useful on third down. Third and short in that red zone, best believe I'm going to put Cook right there <laughs> in the running back with all my big front linemen. To just open that little space. He only needs a little space. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I, I do know, David. And thanks for the call there. I appreciate that. Um, listen, the best part about Dalvin, I, we're talking like he's, he's already signed on the dotted line. He has not. He's visited the Jets. He, he was photographed at on the sideline at practice with the Jets, et cetera. Um, but the best part about this is that, you know, Brees Hall coming off a significant injury, if he's not 100% right off, you know, right out of the gate, it's fine. It would be fine. And he could, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's just a good scenario all the way around to, to bring in uh, Dalvin Cook. And I, listen, I know there's been off-the-field stuff. Um, and if it proves to be true, which, I don't know, the articles that I've read kind of implicate that. Um, you know, he'll never be a guest on my show, but it doesn't mean I can't root for him as a player to help the Jets win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's how we do those things. Okay, that's that's how I do those things. 877-337-6666. We go to Jason in Bridgeport, Connecticut. What's up, Jason? Hey, Danielle. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing a show? I'm good. I'm hanging out on I-95 in some traffic, but just listening to the show and really enjoying it. Thank you. A quick question for you. Um, We're talking about Ben. Oh, boy. You know. Go ahead and figure that there's a 300 hitter that the Yankees don't go sign. And with all the analytics that have been going on in the last 10 years, I was just sitting here in traffic wondering, how many teams in the last 10 years that have won the World Series have finished in the top 10 as far as the batting 
average is concerned. I'm off the top of my head. I don't know. I'd have to look that up for you and let you know that. But I feel like it's like a stat that's just being completely ignored these days by a lot of different teams. One of our, you know, the Yankees being one of them, like we get excited when someone hits like 260 on this squad right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. I mean, and we let this guy walk. He's an on-base machine. Yep. Like, we don't have anybody like that. So I like the the guy that you brought up from Colorado. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I think he could help us tremendously. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say was, what's going to happen next week when people from the fan get a hold of Epler after Veerlander has made his last start for the Mets and mm-hmm. he's calling it a non-fire sale? Yeah, I know. That was a great call by you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I was like, okay, let's see. <laughs> Get yourself out of that one, pal. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Someone tweeted me and said he was he was doing gold. What was it? Gold medal word gymnastics. I thought that was great because that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, someone said they were hanging the white flag. He put the white flag and set it on fire for crying out loud. <laughs> anyway, have a good rest of the day. I would love to hear if somebody could figure that out. I'll Google it when I get home, but I guarantee you that there's not a lot of teams that finish in the bottom half of the league yeah. in average and win the World Series. Yeah, I agree. It's just a guess. There's got to be a correlation but, between it. Yep. No, I, I'm Hey, let's not, go, let's not go get those guys, though. They can play for other teams. <laughs> You're right, Jason. Thanks. There's got to be a correlation between, you know, being able to get on base at least and uh, and winning in, in – in... because also, too, when you get to the postseason, obviously the pitching improves. It's not – you know, you're not going against like the bottom of the barrel guys anywhere. It's the top guys. So it exposes a lot more things if, if you're not ready for it. And if you're focusing on launch angle – it's it's a problem, and that's that's the number one problem I have with the Yankees is that they are not, they are so focused on and less now, but they are so focused on these three outcome hitters and launch angle and exit velo and all that, and it's just it's too much. It's just too much. Let's go to Dale in Rockaway, New York. You're up here, Dale, on the fan. Hey, what's up? Guys? Hey, how's it going, Daniel? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So, so Mets fans, I just I just want you guys to remember that Alvarez, right? The only reason why he was starting, or he got, he got to start, and we got to see this wonderful season. Wait, of, wait, like, wait, I know what? the answer. It's because Narvaez got hurt, and that's the only reason why, right? That's the only reason why, and, and Nito had something wrong with his eye. Yes, oh yeah, right? that's right, that's right, yes. Right. So, uh, basically, if it was up to Buck, we wouldn't be seeing any of this. Yes, I, don't I know. know what, yeah, I don't know what his fascination is with Vogelback. I, I cannot... Figure it out. It's the worst thing. And then, like, my whole thing is, Epler brought in a Vogelback for whatever reason. I don't know what he saw in that guy. And and between the two of them, like, this is, like, I, 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 I don't know what to say. You hear me? I, I ran out of words. Yeah. I just, I just wanted Mets fans to remember that. Yep. The only reason why we're seeing Alvarez is because of misfortune or luck, whichever way you want to look at it. And Dale, that's something I've talked about often. I even mentioned it earlier today. The only because people talk about all oh, the prospects, Mets got prospects. Mets, well, guess what? Those prospects are never going to see a major league field if Buck Showalter's in the dugout. I'll tell you that much right now. And then I brought into the point that oh, guess what? The only reason why Alvarez is is seeing as much time as he has, he made the best of it when when he was brought up with a lot of runway. He made the best of his situation. And that's the only reason why, after the Nervaez injury, and good for you for pointing out the Nito thing, too. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that's the only reason why. <laughs> that's it. Or else he'd be, he'd be with Mauricio in, in AAA. Lighten it up in AAA and still staying down there. And, and Vogelback, it's, you know, 
I don't even know. I don't even know. 877-337-6666. We got to, oh, my second city. Listening on the Odyssey app, Richard in Las Vegas. What's up, Richard? Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How, how's the sphere doing out there? What What is it today? Uh, you know, well, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get down to the strip as much as I should, but. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I am a Yankee fan, and, you know, we're talking about hitting and whether, uh, Batting averages matter. But do you realize that since the All-Star break and since they got Sean Casey, DJ LeMay, whose yes. batting average yes. since the All-Star break is 326. Night and day. By my calculation. Yep. And his on base is 453. And slugging 465 and OPS 918. Yep. And it's been a tremendous change. Yep. He's unlocked something DJ. for sure in DJ LeMay. That's absolutely and for it's, sure. Uh, so I was just going to say, if the, if the batting matters, I think the change in the batting coach did make a difference. You know, it's good to see DJ LeMahieu hitting again. Maybe he'll get back to the leadoff spot. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I, I think it's a good observation. I think it's too too soon to say, like, okay, unequivocally, this is what changed it. for the, for. But it, but it has had good returns, and especially with DJ LeMahieu. Yes, we've talked about that. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. So I just thought I'd throw that in, and let's hope that that's the case, that uh, we'll start seeing more batters on base because that's what we need yes and, and yes and, and thanks for the caller richard i'm going to add to the conversation here because um before like we we talked about this what last week or the week before i can't remember dj lemay who first half he hit 220 second half 326 i mean he's not striking out as much he's he's not grounding into double plays as much he he something was unlocked with dj lemay with this brand new hitting coach and it's not just him either there's other guys that have stepped it up in, in in first and second halves, pre and post all-star break. So, you know, while I think it's too soon to assume that it was the hitting coach, it's a good conjecture to say that it might have been the hitting coach. I agree with you. Yes. And we'll see. And this is a guy who's not even sure that he wants the job beyond this year, uh, last I heard. So um, stay tuned for that. Uh, 877-337-6666. Milburn, Ernie, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. This is the best part of my two-hour-plus drive back from the beach, so pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I love that. Thanks. How was the beach today? Nice weather. Ah, gorgeous, gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous. The beach. Great weekend. It was a really great weekend at the shore. Regarding the Mets, right, so you can, and I put everything on, you can put everything on Epler, Vogelbach's a disaster, Scherzer Rough. has underperformed, Rough. right, just underperformed, but this team won 100 Plus games last yes. year. I've been a Met fan since '69, and I, you know, it's very few times you saw that. Do you think, like, what really changed? Do you think this is a there was a chemistry implosion in the in in, in the clubhouse? Because think about it, they basically ran the whole team back. So do you think it's a chemistry problem? Well, here's the thing that is so perplexing about this team, right? Because, like you said, last year, pretty much the same team won 101 games last year, right? So actually, last last week I tried to dive into that on my own little research, and what I kind of found, and it's 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 silly in a way, but last year, I forget the numbers. I can look it up for you. But last year, the Mets, as as collective a hitting a collective hitting group, were off the charts excellent in their clutch hitting uh, scenarios situations. Off the charts excellent last year. This this year. They're off the charts 
terrible in clutch hitting situations. So I'm not sure. I mean, again, I, the Mets are not writing my paycheck. You know, I, I'm not in the hitters' sure. meetings. But there's something that has occurred in clutch hitting situations where last year they were executing off the charts, and this year they're not executing off the charts. I also maybe compound that with the weight of expectation. They had the, the yeah. manager of the year in their dugout from last year, the NL batting champ in their dugout from last year, uh, You know the, the money that was spent to this team, the most expensive team that money could buy in the history of the sport, and I think the Mets crumbled under the weight of expectation this year. Kind of why, like, I have a hard time fully blaming Epler, and I and I kind of sort of believe what he just said. What I heard you just say, a play from him saying it's a retool. Maybe they just need a couple of pieces, and maybe next, you know, and maybe it's a slump coming back off a you know year where they went through a major change, bringing in a guy like Buck, brought in a lot of new players, got a lot of pressure and expectations. I don't and know. Maybe it is just a retool. Ernie. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know either. I don't know. The only thing I would say is this. The Mets had glaring need, and thanks for the caller, Ernie, and, and I'm glad you had a great time at the beach. Um, but the, the, here's what I'll say. we can't, You can't scapegoat up there, Epler, because he knew he had a DH problem, not only at last year's trade deadline, all throughout the winter, and he did nothing to address it. That's number one. He knew he was going to have a bullpen issue this winter. He, he didn't do enough. I mean, Robertson was the obvious move. I mean, really, he didn't do enough to address that, and that's it. So, as far as placing blame, the culpability, as I said before, is is, is triangular. It's it's the general manager Epler, it's the manager Showalter, and it's the underperforming players as a, as a whole. So yeah, I'd say that. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We'll close it out with some again, maybe some Yankee trade deadline talk as the Mets have taken a four to one lead in the top of the fourth at City Field. Verlander still on the mound. Um, and still scanning the internet here for some Dalvin Cook news. Uh, hopefully that breaks in the next 20 minutes. That would be nice. <laughs> My name is Daniel McCartan with you till 3 right here on WFAN. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. or so. Marco Belletti's coming in next after this. That's when. That's why he was here before. Alright, so Marco Belletti will be here next. I'll, I'll uh, alley it up to him and he'll slam it down. You're in good hands with Marco Belletti. Coming up next right here on The Fan, following my show. It has been a, um, a trade deadline special, uh, I, I'd, I'd say, as I'm uh, just a uh, closing up my Tupperware from my late lunch today. Uh, but yeah, it's... um. It's been a trade deadline special, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, the Mets, unfortunately, the Mets are in a position where uh, I don't care what Billy Epler says, it is a fire sale. There is a fire sale going on in Queens. He said it earlier. It's it's not a fire sale. It is, but it actually is. And based on all my studies and all of you know the recommendations I could put forth um, for the Yankees to bolster their left field position, which is their second worst um, rated position based on war from Fangraph's war. Um, yeah, my suggestions in this order would be Randall Grychuk. Um, I got to figure out how to say that. Grychuk, Grychuk, uh, followed by Tommy Pham, number two, Mark Hanna, number three. I think it's an easy deal with the Mets. 
Uh, you switch some relief pitchers over for one of those guys. I think I think it'd be you know taken from strengths of both and filling in needs of others. I think that'd be a, a very harmonious transaction. Um, but Gorichuk, he's better than both of those two guys. So if you can go out and go get him, and it depends on what the cost is, but if you can go out and get him, you do it. In other words, you do it. And there's your everyday left fielder that Meredith said that Boone, that Cashman told Boone way back on June 16th, uh, July 16th, I'm sorry. Uh, so lots lots of discuss today. And there, so far, no Dalvin Cook news. That doesn't mean it still can't happen. Hey, guess what? Guess when it's going to happen? 301. It's going to happen at 301. I promise you. 877-337-6666. We go to Ellen in Manalapan, New Jersey. What's up, Ellen? Hi, Danielle. Um, we're down by the shore in Spring Lake. It's beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to get outside. Oh, looks oh nice. yeah. You should check it out. So I really am really excited about this new um, hitting coach because mm-hmm. I agree with the other caller. Last night's Yankee game um, with IKF hitting that, um, you know, triple, double. double yeah, double, yeah. Perfect. Yep. And, and I really, really, and he mentioned that this new new coach is really, really helping. And I, you know, Yankee fans were very unkind to him last year. They yes. were ready to give up on him. But he's a utility guy. He could play different positions. And I really hope that they don't do what they did last year and get damaged good with the pitchers and some of the other players that they had gotten last year. Uh, Donaldson. Yep. Um, Montez. Oh, yeah. Rodon. Rodon mm-hmm. is not so hot. Um, and I really, really hope that they take a, a step back on the analytic approach and go to the old school and figure out that they they need to go. I'm happy that they're getting Pettit to be pitching. I think they should have Paul O'Neill help. I really think they should have a, the, the great um, Mario doing the bullpen, you know. Oh, let's just have, how about Derek Jeter as a shortstops coach? I mean, here we go, Ellen. Let's bring back all the whole team. I agree with you. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um. It's just um, I, I, the pro- The thing is, I would like to see the Yankees hit better situationally. That's the thing. And, and if this is the hitting coach that can get them to do that, great, great, because that's what wins in in postseason games. It, it, that's it. That's what wins situational hitting. That's what wins in in extra inning games. Situational hitting. Um, but yeah, I think the Pettit move is great. I was on the air last week when uh, pretty much it was confirmed that 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 he would be there on a. Very consistent basis. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's a great move, especially because he is a coach. Like he is by nature like a coach. So it it, it was a great move, for sure. Um, but just for the record, this time last year, what what, what happened? Rodon, the Rodon move, all all the stuff. The Rodon was off season signing, but wasn't high on Rodon. Did not want. I did not want Montas, and uh, I I do my homework, man. I do do it. Uh, all right, let's go to Mitchell in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Mitchell, what's going on? Hey, Daniel. Hopefully when you get out of prison, I get to enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, so here we go. This is this is my book with the Yankees, with every Yankee fan. 
Everyone complains, but if you look at the stats, and they brought it up on TV last night, when Judge plays, what's the record, and when Judge doesn't play, it's a winning record, he hates his play. And last night was the first time that you can see when Judge plays and he hits the ball, he gets hit. The team is a totally different team. Yes. Yes, I agree, Daniel. I agree that we need a third baseman, and we need an outfield, okay? Now, the rumor states now that the Yankees are in talks to get Arenado from, from uh, St. Louis, the third baseman. If, if Cashman can pull that off and get a third baseman there and somehow get somebody to play left field, we're fine. Because, listen, the pitching staff is fine. Yes. Everyone complained, everyone complained about Schmidt. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, first of all, let me just repeat something. I'm a huge Cashman fan. I like Cashman. I, I, a lot of people don't like what he does, but that's their prerogative. But I, I believe in Cashman. And everyone said to me, well, Schmidt can't do this. Look at what Schmidt has done in the last 10 games. I think we've discussed this before. Yep. His ERA is under three. Yes. He can only go about six and a half innings, but that's okay. Uh, then you get Jermon, pitched a great game. Even the last game, he pitched a great game. But what cost him was, we don't have a left fielder. Yeah. Without that error with uh, with him. Uh, he's, they, but Jermon is there. just too wildly inconsistent for me. He's perfect one day. He gets rocked the next day. It's it's it just too wildly inconsistent for me, for him. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I think, I think, I, I like Jermon better, but that's okay. But the problem that the Yankees have is where they, where they don't need to really go much farther is the bullpen. So the Lonsica should be back in about a week from now, yep. and you're gonna have to take, you're gonna have to take one starting pitcher and throw him in the bullpen because, or they're gonna trade one, but one of the two. Mm-hmm. But the only two positions I think the Yankees really need is is a third baseman and left fielder. And I really do believe Daniel. And my father was at the pool today when he came to me. He says, "What would make? What's the odds if you went to a bookmaker or you go to Vendone, whatever?" Make a bet. What would the Yankees win the division or make the playoffs? And and it's been interesting that I found out part of it to make to make the to win the division. It's thirty five hundred to one. Okay, and so it's I really do believe at the end of the year, and Daniel, we'll discuss this later in, for the next four weeks when I call into you. The Yankees are going to win this division. They're only eight games out. You get on a little good run right here. They got the whole team back. I don't know. And the big- Mitchell, I, 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 Mitchell, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure that the Yankees are going to win the division. I would love for it to happen, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. It's not likely. Let's put it that way. All right, I've got one minute and 40 seconds left and three phone calls. Let's see if we can do it. Dom and Edgewater, you're up on the fan. Oh, Husky Pride back on the fan. What's going on, Danielle? How are you? I'm good, Dom. I got about 60 seconds for three calls. Go ahead. All right, so... Really quickly, first of all, Brian Cashman, again, you know, I don't know what that caller was. I'm glad he's a Cashman supporter. I'm not. Montas was horrible. So, mm-hmm. anyway, but the Yankees, they have to do situational hitting. You're absolutely right. I actually called about the Mets because I wanted to make a quick comparison because last year the Mets basically shot their load last year and unfortunately didn't come up with anything. Right. This year's New York Mets is the San Diego Padres. Considering the fact that Juan Soto, Blake Snell, and Josh Hader will probably all be on the trading block, what a disaster. I just wanted to make that quick comparison. Danielle, you always do a great job. Thank you for taking my call, and enjoy. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks, Tom. Let's go, Huskies. Uh, yes, uh, agreed. I-, I think it's a fair comparison. All right, let's move on to uh, Ray in-, in Hell's Kitchen. You're up on the fan, Ray. Hey, good afternoon. How you doing? Great, I'm a long time Yankee. I'm a long-time Yankee fan. Uh, on paper, this is one of the worst teams in, the, in a long time. They need left field. They need catcher. They still need pitching. I, it's just time to trade. If they could trade Rizzo, if you could trade Torres to the Marlins, I don't know what this whole big thing was with Cody Ballinger. He's not that good. He, he's he's, he's off good. the market anyway. Talk, yeah, they're talking. He's off the market now. They're talking to the Indians about it. You're putting patch players on a team maybe to make a wild card and get eliminated. They just don't have the talent. 
and they got to realize it and just start rebuilding this franchise. Even if they could trade LeMayu now, because he's got to say, he's starting to hit the wall. It's time. Just clean up the roster. Yeah, I mean, Ray, you. I mean, you're talking about all these core players here on the Yankees that are going nowhere. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, they're just going nowhere, and that's that's what it is. But let's let them find their left fielder, their everyday left fielder that they're searching for at this trade deadline, and we'll have this conversation uh, moving forward. I mean, and especially a guy who hits for contact. That's what I'm looking for. All right, well, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done it without you over the past three hours. Thanks for hanging with me. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show, which was 12 noon. Great job. It's Paul Rosenberg behind the glass. Tony Pierno, Pete McCarthy on updates. I'll see you for a Danielle doubleheader next Saturday and Sunday evenings. And in the meantime, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Keep the conversation going throughout the week, and you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled for who my big-time interview is in just a little while. Marco Belletti, up next, right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.